Good morning, it's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, a crazy weekend of sports is in the books. A lot going on. Wild Saturday in college football. A couple unbeatens go down. Michigan State, number three in the country. Coming off that big win against Michigan, goes to Purdue and loses. Uh, There was a lot of entertaining stuff. And, of course, for us, it all started Friday night when the Utes just pounded Stanford. Just destroyed them right from the get-go. Going to let you listen to Kyle Whittingham after that one. His Utes, three different running backs over 100 yards. Uh, He's been touting it for a while now, another 450 yards plus of total offense. Uh, The game was over at halftime. It was 38 to nothing. And you just get to play a lot of the backups down the line, get some young guys some uh, experience, and uh, get the win. Here is Kyle Whittingham after the victory at Stanford. Played the game tonight, um, started fast, never really let up offensively. We uh, just kept executing and, and doing things uh, the way they're supposed to be done all, all first half. Defense smarted them, uh, played exceptional. Uh, the statistics at halftime were so skewed, it was. Uh, on the hike and play much better than we did, but uh, you know, we were hitting on all cylinders tonight. Um, run game was in high gear. That was really the, the key to the, the game is our ability to run the football efficiently and effectively and for uh, you know, a bunch of yards. And then uh, we did turn the ball over once, but uh, other than that, we took care of it. Um, and like I said, we uh, played smothering defense. Uh, had to shut out at halftime, and then uh, they put a nice drive together in the beginning of the second half, but then stiffened up and, and uh, played well again. Uh, had a chance to play a lot of guys, which is a positive. A lot of guys got experience in this game, and uh, helps us uh, obviously in the position we're in in the conference. But we got a lot more work to do. There's uh, games left, plenty of games left, and so we don't focus on that. But it's something that certainly we're aware of. And uh, the players the weekend off, we'll have Monday, uh, Saturday, Sunday off, bring them in Monday morning at uh, 7 a.m. and get going on the next guys. So questions? Kyle, uh, you, you elected to go for offense again to start the game. With this group of guys, is this kind of maybe your advantage now to be able to kind of start that way? We thought tonight it was and, and uh, last week as well, obviously. And, and uh, they've been playing with such confidence on that side of the ball and the execution level has been so so high that uh, we figured that it was uh, another good opportunity to start fast and, and uh, see if we can uh, put points on the board in the first drive. What did you see on the Devlin's uh, PR pick six that he made? That was incredible. I, mean, I, I saw it happen in real time and I watched the replay and still couldn't believe that he could have the, the reflexes and the, and the uh, athleticism to, to make that catch and then find his way to the end. It was only a couple of yards, but still, he was, that's who he is though. He's a big play guy. Kyle, what does it say about the depth of your running back room that three guys can go for over 100? Yeah, we, we feel really good about the, the running back room, like we've been saying all year. Uh, it's it's uh, the point now where Tavion is the lead back. He's the primary ball carrier. He's going to get the most carries uh, most weeks, uh, barring unforeseen circumstances. Uh, Kyle Bernard and TJ Pledger both, both added a, uh, some big plays. And then Chris Curry came in and got a chance to show what he could do. And, uh, mostly in the second half and, and did a nice job. We, we feel we've got a good stable of backs and they're uh, uh, doing a great job for us. Given, given how tough Stanford's been with the year, you guys have never lost here. I mean, can you 
You know, that's, that's tough to answer. Uh, we've been here four times since the Pac-12, and then another time or two prior to the Pac-12. Okay, but anyway, I don't have a great answer for you other than we've, uh, we seem to uh, have played well against Stanford, and, our, and we haven't played them. I think they're probably the team we've played the least in the Pac-12 since we joined. But, but uh, anyway, our guys, uh, for whatever reason, have played well uh, when we play Stanford. I think it's part of it. They, they get fired up for the game because they know that it's two of the more physical teams in the conference. They're a lot like us as far as the, what they pride themselves on and what they hang their hat on. And so I think our guys uh, understand that, respect that, and want to make sure that uh, you know we let them know that uh, we play with some physicality as well. Obviously, the running, you know, it was working tonight, but was Cam maybe a little less sharp than he's been? I don't know if I'd say that. You know, his numbers weren't uh, as prolific because we didn't throw the ball much. But had we been more committed to the throw game and, and uh, just had more reps at it, I think he would have been, you know, put up the numbers in the same last two four weeks. Coming out of halftime with that 38-0 lead, did you see what you wanted to see from the guys in terms of their mentality and aggressiveness where, you know, you're kind of fighting against complacency and taking your foot off the gas? Yeah, I would say except for the first drive for Stanford. They, they, they did a nice job with that first drive. But other than that, we build ourselves back in our defense. And, uh, you know, offensively, you'd love to score every single possession, but we had a couple uh, possessions, two or three possessions with the ones in there uh, where we didn't score in the second half. But, but I think uh, given the circumstances and, and uh, you know, how things played out, I think it was a, a positive second half for us. Given the outcome of that game, you know, the coach obviously didn't know what the things you can improve on. Is there anything in general that kind of sticks out to you after that game? Uh, well, offensive line, I think, has, has continued to get better and better each week. So that was a positive. The tight ends were terrific. The wide receivers made plays. Special teams uh, got some yardage in the punt return game. Covey got some things going there. Uh, we only had to punt the one time, so that was uh, good to bless you punt the better. So, and then in the kickoff game, I think our kickoff coverage unit continues to be uh, improved, vastly improved from what we saw in the year. Is Mike Williams not a punter? He was tonight, and uh, it's a competition. And, and uh, you know, when you got uh, guys that are fairly similar at spots, and you know, the guys that's playing the best is going to get the so opportunity. That's so. like a fluid situation. Fluid situation. That's yeah, that's the answer. There's Kyle Woodingham as the Utes check a box, beat the worst team in the Northern Division, last place Stanford. Now they get the worst place, worst team in the Southern Division, last place Arizona. Coming off a win, they did beat Cal, a Cal team that was decimated by COVID. I saw one report they only had 44 guys dressed for the game, and Arizona wins 10-3. So the Utes ought to go to the desert and get another win next week. We're going to take a break, come back, and let you listen to Kalani Sataki after his Cougars win on Senior Day and improved to 8-2. and two. Kalani's coming up next. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. After 10 long, grueling weeks, it's finally a bye week for Kalani Sataki and the BYU Cougars. But just because the Cougars have the week off doesn't mean the coverage slows down on the Zone Sports Network. Keep it locked all week on the Zone Sports Network as we get you ready for the home stretch of the Cougar football season. From Monday morning to the post 
post-game press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. An easy win as expected for BYU as they blood Idaho State improved to 8-2 and two, heading into a bye week and then a Georgia Southern game that ought to move them to 9-2 and two, and then to USC for the season finale and that ought to move them to 10-2 as SC loses to Arizona State and didn't look very good getting beat either. But all of that's in the future right now. Here's Kalani Sataki after BYU picks up the win at home over Idaho State. Kalani, what do you think uh, about the way your guys played today? Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was a good game. Um, you know, uh, Idaho State, a really well coached team. I think uh, Coach Fennessy does it the right way. They they play with good sportsmanship, class, and uh, they battled. You know, and and. Uh, uh, we knew that if we take care of business that we should be okay, but um, you always want to respect your opponents and do the right things and, and play the right way, and I thought our guys did, had the right mindset. Um, first half looked good. We had a uh, mistake, you know, gave short fields. Um, but, you know, I give credit to to, to Coach Fennessy and his staff. I, I don't think they made a lot of mistakes as far as uh, you, you didn't see a lot of uh, fundamentally and, and with coaching that they had a lot of guys assignment sound football and I thought our guys just took advantage of, of, of making more plays but um, yeah just uh, just grateful for the game and grateful that our guys finished it the right way and I thought it was really good for a bunch of young guys to get reps and uh, meaningful reps though you know it's a when it's just a game and, and in the second half I think we, we played a lot of guys a lot of reserve players um, and I like that our the sideline had a lot of energy from um, you know from the starters and uh, I liked the, the stop at the end I thought that was really good for our, our young guys but Obviously, there's some mistakes. That, that, that it's that way every game, and so we'll we'll look at it and, and see what we can improve on. But um, grateful we got the win, and, and uh, grateful we can keep building on this. And you got to buy next week, you know. So it's a, still a work week for us, but I know we can get some guys healthier without having to play a game next week. So ten weeks in a row was that's pretty tough, but these guys handled it really well. You recognized 14 players before the game, obviously the three seniors and then the 11 other guys. What was that like for you, that moment of recognizing their contributions? Yeah, the three seniors especially, you know, we know that this is it for them, uh, and that's with Lopa and Capisi and, and Samson. But um, the others, it's just kind of up in the air still on some of them. But I thought it was important that um, that if it, is, if it is their last game that – that uh, we recognize them and, and give them a chance to to do the senior walk at the end and, and go through the whole festivities and, and have them, um, you know, just if 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 some of them come back and great, we'll do it again next year, you know. But I, I think for us is to make sure that we did it the road, that we just did it just in case it was our last one. I wish we could have done that with Zach last year, you know. And so um, I think we're always gonna if there's a chance that they could leave, we're gonna try to put them in that, that senior, um, you know, recognition. Uh, for them so but I, I'm glad that uh, you know we'll have this, some, some discussion and see what's going to happen with the, with those other um, guys I think there's 11 others and we'll figure out what's best for them and and, um, and they'll go from there but just want to make sure that they get recognized just in case John and then Jay Kalani one, one of those younger guys you mentioned that got some meaningful reps in the second half today was Keanu Hill. 
um, had 92 yards and a touchdown for catches. And then he blocked and recovered that punt in the end zone late in the fourth quarter. Uh, What can you say about the effort you saw from him and and his progression here late in the season? You know, we – we knew he was something special. I, I I think it's just for him the opportunity to get at, get get there and on the field and play. And uh, he's shown uh, that he can do it throughout the season. Uh, we needed to rely on him a little bit more today. And uh, special teams wise, I think he he felt like he was going to. He kept telling us he's going to block one. And uh, you know, Kyle Griffiths, who does a lot of our duties with with uh, our punt return, he and Fessy. I mean. Uh, Coach Griffiths made a deal that if they blocked one, that he'd shave his head. So that's what they're doing in the locker room right now. Shave his head a little bit. And, and anything to make our, our graduate assistants um, embarrassed, that's what our players, I think that's a motivation for them. So Keanu wanted to see that done, and that's why he got the block. But I think that was all that was there. That he, we had to hurry up the punt and try to get it, the, the ball to Hobbs and have them um, block a little bit longer so that we can get a good return. And I thought, for the most part, Hobbs and Talmadge got in there and got some returns. They did a good job on the punt return phase, giving us a better field position. I thought their punter, he he, he kicked the crap out of the ball, you know, did some really good things. Uh, I'm, I, I'm proud of uh, the way Rico punted, too. He pinned one deep for us. And so uh, that stuff doesn't go unnoticed when you have good punters. I think we wanted to just stress them a little bit and, and glad we were able to, to do some things and, and get some plays. Okay, go ahead. Kalani, you've played 10 straight games. Give us a progress report. How do you think these guys are doing? And more importantly, are they continuing to improve as the season goes on? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of um, changing lineups. You know, we've got uh, – you just have a bunch of guys that just got banged up. And whether they're um, 100% or not, there's some people that just couldn't go and we had to fill in with – uh, with different starters, you know, and, and so looking at the depth chart, it doesn't look like today like it was back in, in August, you know, and so, but I, I thought the 10 weeks, our guys did a great job at coaching. I mean, our coaches did a great job at, at instructing our players. I thought our players really answered um, the call whenever their number was, was up to, to be on the field. Uh, we can improve. There's There's definitely a lot of room for improvement, but for the fact that we're a pretty young team and that we played like a lot of young guys, um, this season, and some of it was by choice, but some of it was just forced because of injury. Um, I think we're in a really good spot now. Uh, Ten weeks in a row is not easy, especially when you're playing a lot of the teams that we played and then the physical football that we we saw. So um, some of those guys will be able to recover, and not having a game next weekend is going to be good for their recovery. Getting healthy, we'll get some guys back, but um, there's, there are some some guys that still need work, and so. Um, we're going to have the same mindset of getting better with those younger guys and some guys that have, um, you know, we're going to depend on them in, in the Georgia Southern game. So they need to work. And that's going to be, uh, that's going to be the focus. I think everybody's going to go through a little bit of a situational, uh, recovery. Some guys need to practice uh, every rep and, and do some physical things next week. Other guys just need to get, uh, polish up their, their technique and their fundamentals and, and, um, mentally get better. But, uh, don't need to see them do much on the field. So th- th- that's what we're going to do next week. When you retire, are you going to be a band leader? I was pretty good, huh? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to brag about myself. I'm usually, I mean, I was, I was surprised. I think it's just if I could keep a beat, you know, so I thought it was fun. But um, I had a, a good uh, moment before the season to interact with the band and um, to talk to them and 
uh, it's been really fun uh, just being able to connect with them and see things that they do. I think uh, that that's that's a, a big part of what we uh, do here at BYU, just the whole experience of having them. And I just hope they, they know how much I appreciate them. And then uh, just the, in combination of that, it's the uh, how awesome was it to see the fans in the stands and packing the stands uh, for this FCS game. It meant a lot to our players, and I hope our fans know how much we love and appreciate them. And it wasn't just this game. It was the entire season. Um, you know, we're sad we're not playing at home anymore, but uh, it, it was really cool to have the fan support and the the, and the energy that the fans bring, the rock, and uh, everyone is just – it's amazing. And I hope our fans, uh, Cougar Nation, knows how much our players, our coaches, everyone in our program really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Do last question from Jared. Connie, we didn't really talk about it, but you're wearing the camouflage to recognize and honor the uh, the military today for this game. Uh, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I just want to recognize the military and their, um, you know, the, the, everything that they do for our lives, the, the, the freedoms that we enjoy, um, the lifestyle that we have. Uh, just we we can't show enough appreciation, but if there's a way that we can recognize them, I know college football is doing that. Uh, uh, next week, uh, we don't have a game next week, so we wanted to do it early, earlier. And so I think the, the more we can be mindful of, of the sacrifice that others, uh, make for us, uh, I think it's really important. And, um, I hope, I hope everyone out there that has loved ones in the military and, and, and those that have sacrificed their time, their energy, and, and so, and, and many of them, their lives, I hope they know how much we love and appreciate that. So, um, it was good. I mean, I, I like wearing this. I, I was confused because I wasn't sure if it was going to be hot or cold or what was going on today. And pretty warm day for November. And I, I, I was really happy with it. So, uh, and camouflage is a little bit slimming, they tell me. So I should wear it more often. <laughs> well, along those lines, Claudia, we've talked a lot just about how you want your guys to be well-rounded. Football is important, but so is school. So is social life. So are things like this, recognizing the military or recognizing the band. Do you see that passing on to those guys? Do you, do you see them embracing that that well-rounded mentality? It's it's something that they teach me. I have a, a group of great young men that have tons of appreciation and gratitude for the fans, for everyone at BYU, for the faculty, the staff, their coaches, for each other, and more importantly, for most importantly, for their loved ones. And then uh, I think uh, playing the game is really really cool, but. Um, the fact that they, they do it with a lot of energy and, and uh, joy that, that makes it all worthwhile for the people that have sacrificed for them. But these young men are special. They're, they're, they're uh, special to me and to a lot of people. And, and I'm just honored to coach them and, and really happy that they teach me a lot of lessons and make me a better person. So there's Kalani Sataki after BYU gets the win and improves to eight and two. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the best of the Jazz postgame show. Rough weekend for the Jazz as they lose twice in Florida. And we will get to that next. Stay with us. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. Huh! Huh! 
Utah State returns to Mountain West Conference play with a big trip to the Bay Area for a showdown against the Spartans of San Jose State. Catch all the play-by-play action this Saturday, beginning with the Aggie pregame show on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. So, the Utah Jazz off to a great start, and then they hit a bump in Florida. Lose to Miami on Saturday, lose to Orlando on Sunday, blow a 13-point lead, had a 10-point lead going to the fourth quarter. They get beat, a lot of stuff going wrong, but I think if you had to spotlight anything, uh, too many too many fast break points, too many transition points for Orlando. They got easy buckets. They got easy dunks. A uh, couple reasons. Obviously, the Jazz shooting really poorly from the three-point line and the Jazz turning the ball over too much. Those two things juicing up the fast break for Orlando, and they get the win. And the other trend here is Mike Conley didn't play. He's not going to play back-to-backs. He sits... Uh, for the second time in a back-to-back, and for a second time, they lose without him. So the 7-3 and three after 10 games, which is about a 57-58 win pace over the course of the season. And it's been a road-heavy schedule. So, you know, there's certainly some good things, but they're 7-1 and one with him, and they're 0-2 without him. So we'll be following those numbers and see if they hold up. Um, and it'll be a while before they play it back-to-back. The Jazz are coming home now and pretty much playing every other day, I think in one case every third day. So they ought to... They ought to have Mike, and they ought to be at home, and they ought to win. So we'll see about all that. But first, let's get to the best of the postgame show. DJ and PK, 97.5 and 12.80, the zone. The Utah Jazz fall to the Orlando Magic last night, 107 to 100. As the shooting woes continue for the Jazz, they uh, knocked down just 34 of 89 shots from the floor for 38%, and worse yet, just 8 of 42 from the three-point line for 19% as the Orlando Magic get the victory. The Jazz were playing on the second night of back-to-back games after losing on Saturday night in Miami. The Magic connect on 49% of their shots from the floor and 37 points uh, 37% from the three point line led by Cole Anthony who finished with 33 points on 5 of 10 shooting from the three point line here's what Quinn Snyder had to say about the Jazz shooting woes after the game um, myself personally um, you know I, I think there's always you always want more of of your team you know that that's what it means to be a coach you know um tonight uh i thought the way that orlando came out at the beginning of the game um their aggressiveness um you know at times what we've seen is that when, when that happens um you know we have to work harder we have to be more precise and we weren't ready for that at the beginning of the game. And then as the game progressed, we obviously improved on that. There was, you know, things that we were talking about that we could do. Um, but, you know, the, the, our transition defense, um, is, uh, people, are, people are getting those types of advantages because we don't get to the next play. Um, yeah, that that's a frustration, and that that should be a frustration for all of us, not just me. I think that's um, that's the important part. 
that you know there's some things that we need to fully embrace on a deeper level that you know you're going to be in tough games you know Orlando you know they came out they played very well you know they were aggressive defensively they worked they executed offensively they made us play through possessions but we also had opportunities and in some of those opportunities late we you know we weren't on the same page um, in situations that I'm, I'm confident that we know what to do, but we didn't have the concentration and the focus to to do it. Um, but to the extent that we're focused on the defensive end, you know, that's generally a good sign for us. You know, if, if we're locked in there, um, offense has a way of, you know, just kind of evolving and taking care of itself. But, you know, the beginning of the defense is the transition defense and you, you can stop right there, you know, to be honest with you. And, you know, and frankly, that's, you know, that was something that impacted last night. So had that's got to sink in on a deeper level or, you know, there's oftentimes, I mean, we can play a lot better and we may, may even win, but that doesn't, that doesn't change the fact that, um, you know, we're not getting to the next play for whatever reason. There's multiple reasons and it happened multiple times. When a player has five fouls, do you instruct them to play any differently? You know, I mean, I think there's so many schools of thought on that. How you leave a guy in and he picks up a six and then, you know, it's why did you leave him in? You take him out and, you know, there's a run and it's why did you take him out? I think for me, you know, you, every game's different and, you know, I thought at that point with, with Donovan, just giving him a quick blow, you know, he wasn't out for more than, I don't know what it was. It was, a, you know, a minute just to kind of settle yourself and come back in. Um, the, I don't think there's a specific instruction. You know, I think a player like Donovan has an understanding, you know, of what, what that means when, when you're in that situation. You like the shots you were getting for I'm sorry, Andy, say again, the, the numbers La- last night, tonight, yes. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go back and watch the tape. You know, my guess is that, um, you know, there were some shots that, um, that you know, you, you can make an argument that, Maybe there was another play. You know, the, the game's moving fast. Um, we're a team that, you know, we're, we're regardless of, you know, what our three-point percentage is, we, I think we're in the top five in the league in offense, you know, and you hope that, you know, you've got a team. Um, I don't think we're getting shots that are that different than the ones we got last year, to be honest. Um, I, I, I do think... You know, the biggest thing that can impact that, I think, is our, our readiness to shoot and to be confident um, and to make that decision quickly. Where we get in trouble is when we don't shoot, frankly, and the ball stops. Um, and that's that's been my focus as much as anything. So I'm sure there's times, you know, if there's an out-of-timeout situation, we run a play, everybody's expecting the shot. Um, part of us taking threes is the ability to potentially rebound them as well. Um, I think, you know, rather than focusing on a a three and and looking at the shot itself, I'd like to see, I think we're successful 
when in the initial part of the possession, we attack the rim. You know, we like the three, but we like the rim more. And when we get in the lane, you know, having the ability to both finish, um, have our eyes out, you know, make decisions in the lane. And again, I'd, I'd have to watch, watch the tape. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that, that we're getting significantly worse shots and taking bad shots from three. And that's the reason that our percentage is, is low. We've got some guys that aren't, aren't making right now. Um, and I think we've got some teams that are being very physical with us. Um, so we're not getting quite the advantage that we had at times, but like I said, I'd like to see, see the shots. I think a lot of them are pretty clean looks. And, you know, if you're, if bomb is standing under the basket, um, you know, a lot of times that, that three is a good shot. Um, but obviously there's, there's always going to be, you know, you always try to make the right play. And that's, you know, I think as much as anything, you know, our group, having a mindset that we're going to do, do, do something for someone else and whatever that means in a given possession and, you know, running back is, is the most fundamental thing. It doesn't matter what kind of shots we get. If we run back, um, the chances of us getting a stop uh, are greater. And then the chances of us getting cleaner looks on the other end are greater because uh, we can get out in transition and space. Um, I don't think we've been as aggressive when we do drive, you know, at spacing, at respacing relative to the ball. Um, but again, um, that's a long-winded answer that gets back to the same thing is that um, I'd like to see the shots uh, on film and be able to evaluate them that way. I certainly, you know, if there's a narrative that we're taking bad shots and that's why we're missing, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't agree with that on a, on a general level. You know, I, I know, when you look at certain players, you know, they're making X percentage off the dribble and the easier shots, some of the catch and shoot shots we're missing. Um, and, you know, that's when we've been at our best is getting catch and shoot shots. So, um, you know, you'd hope over time that those things correct themselves. I would think they would. Um, you guys have watched this play for a couple of years and, um, you know, we're able to make those looks. There he was, Jazz coach Quinn Snyder as the Jazz fall to the Orlando Magic last night, 107-100. to Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert each scored 21 points but struggled shooting the ball. Donovan Mitchell just 8 of 24 from the floor and 2 of 12 from the three-point line. Uh, he did have seven assists and seven rebounds but turned the ball over uh, three times for the Jazz, which was an issue all night. They finished with 17 on the game. Let's head back down and let you hear from Rudy Gobert after the Jazz lost last night. They come in such a variety of different ways. How do you think you're so good with your hand-eye coordination and reading guys as they roll? It's just a real skill that you've got. I think it's mostly anticipation. Try to read the play before it happens or try to you know, know the tendency of different guys, what they're trying to do and you know, and then it's just a feel, just an instinct. So I try to, sometimes I know that I might not be able to get a block, but if I can disrupt the shot, you know, I'll try to, or if I see that the guy's off balance, well, it's probably going to miss. So they're not to just go get the rebound. So it's, uh, I think it takes a lot of time, experience to, yeah, to try to decide if you want to block the shot, uh, just I'll tear the shot or just contest. The reasons you guys have struggled with transition. I think it's mainly focus. 
you know, we, for a lot of times, I think we, we let our offense affect our defense. And uh, whether we, we didn't get a call or we missed a shot and then we try to go and steal the ball. Uh, yeah, it just, I think it just mental. You know, we just got to rebuild good habits of just, uh, if you want to talk to the ref or if you want to steal the ball, run back first. And and then uh, and then we can we can talk we can do anything we want to do but we gotta run back first and and don't give those teams uh, life you know give them layups and dunks and and then they they gain confidence you know especially in young teams like the uh, it was really hard for them to 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 score in half court and to get good shots in half court and we just gave them confidence you know and then they feel good and then they they hit some shots that. You know, they may, they maybe wouldn't be hitting uh, as much, you know, if they don't get those layups in transition. Uh, pretty much that. You know, we 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 gotta understand that when we shouldn't play with a different level of intensity or focus uh, regarding of who we play. You know, because it's the NBA and. And every team is trying to come at us. You know, every every player got something to prove. You know, it's it's, it's the NBA, and uh, you know we we gotta embrace every night, every opportunity to 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 try to get better. Uh, every team has something that you know can make us better, and it doesn't matter how many games they won or who they are. Like they, we gotta embrace that and then use those games to to build our habits. You guys got on the nineteen. Do you have a theory on why that is or why you guys have to be? I know that's not your department, but I mean, uh, uh, I think some nights we're not going to make shots, but I think teams also know that we're looking for those shots. So maybe we, I'm not saying that's the case, but maybe teams uh, kind of like, a little more aggressive, taking away those shots or making those shots a little more comfortable for us. And then there's a lot of times when we, we did a great job, you know, moving the ball and and, and those shots are open. And there's going to be games, especially back-to-backs, you know, where we don't make those shots all the time and we got to find ways to... We don't want to lose confidence, but at the same time, you know, uh, maybe uh, alternate, you know, things we do. Realistically, how has the schedule impacted your bodies as far as transition defense, having legs for shots? You know, you guys get in at 1.30 this morning. That's the NBA. You know, you, you're not going to have legs every night, but we got to find ways to win those games. And uh, whether we, 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 uh, we have a lot of great shooters on the team. So even with, with no legs, we know that they can make shots. And at the same time, you know, we want to keep keep getting better as a team, keep, uh, you know, uh, playing the right way, finding the open man, uh, finding the mismatches, taking advantage of the mismatches and uh, and punish the other teams. And, you know, we uh, we know that we can keep getting better every night. 
There he was, Utah Jazz center Rudy Gobert, who had a fabulous night despite the Jazz loss in Orlando. He finished with 21 points, 15 rebounds, and four blocks. He shot 7 of 9 from the floor and was really the best player on the court for the Jazz last night despite the loss. Gobert continues to rebound at a very high level, leading the NBA overall, and that's been a strength for the Jazz so far this season. We'll see how that ends up panning out tomorrow night when they take on the Atlanta Hawks. Now we'll let you hear from Joe Ingles, who struggled for the Jazz as well last night. Here's Joe Ingles. Or versus when you start for Mike, what changes with your responsibilities? Um, not a whole lot. Obviously, um, when Mike's in, well, when they're both in, they're, they're kind of the, predominantly the point guard. And um, we kind of, I guess we share the ball handling a little bit. Um, but yeah, just, just playing off each other. Um, obviously, with well, I guess with both of them really now, I've played with them both for for long enough to to kind of know what they want to do or where they want to get, or um, vice versa, how I can help them as well. Um, if it is me carrying the ball, um, certain things to run to get get Donovan or Mike or, or whoever it is a, an easier shot, um, or or in position they want it. So, um, yeah, not not a whole lot really. Um, but yeah, obviously, like like I said, playing with them for that long, it, it gets easier and easier as the, the, the time goes on. What do you think the transition that's the lack? I wish I had the answer for that. Um, or how has it? Been? It has been lacking very much. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's one of those things. It's like more uh, mental than physical or anyone could, I mean, anyone, any of you guys go out there and run to the other end of the court. It's not a, um, we've got to be obviously a lot better in, in that sense of the game. And, um, I think especially with teams we're playing, knowing how good we are in the half court when we get set and we can get them in front of us and obviously have Rudy and Hassan, there protecting the rim and, um, what we do, um, on the perimeter as well. So uh, obviously team's game plan is to to rebound it or, or inbound it. Uh, I think Chicago as well, the, there's been obviously a few games, but like getting it in quick even off makes um, and getting down and pushing the ball. So um, yeah, it's got to be a lot more of a focus on, I mean, coach tells us every day. It's not like it's something that he's not telling us in, yeah, it's on it's on our team. It's on the players to to um to just do it. I mean, he shouldn't have to tell us. It's pretty it's a pretty basic thing. Like it's not it's not a brand new play that we've put in that you might forget or, or a new new way we're playing defensively. Like it's just like run down there and load up the floor. And like I said, when we when we do, we're really good. So um, I think as well on the flip side of that, it helps our offense obviously because we can get stops and. Um, usually get a, a fair amount of stops and, and be able to run out of it. We're, we're a good team in, in transition. So, um, yeah, it's got to be a lot more of a, a focal point for, for the players. Like I said, coach, coach and the assistant coaches tell us in film and pregame, postgame. Um, but we've got to, we, we've just got to go out and do it. There's nothing kind of more else. It's something like that. Something fun and small. <laughs> That does that, yeah. Um, no, I think all those he, he can live with us missing shots and and having a turnover here and there if we're if we're trying to do the right thing or playing the right way. 
Um, boxing out is probably another one that comes to mind, like getting a hit. Obviously, the transition offensively, the spacing, like I can easily take one step further this way to give whoever's Donovan Mike, whoever's got the ball, an extra meter or feet, whatever you guys use. Um, they're, they're the ones that are obviously frustrating because we, we know we can do them. Coaches can do them. You got anyone can do that when we're out there. So it's they're the frustrating. And, and obviously it shows because it, it hurts us when we don't do it. All of those spacing, rebounds, transition defense. Um, so I'm sure we'll uh, watch some great clips tomorrow. There he was at Utah Jazz guard Joe Ingles. A rough night from the floor. Just two of nine. Uh, Overall, one of seven from the three-point line. He did have six assists, but two turnovers as the Jazz uh, struggled all night long, giving the ball away to the Orlando Magic. Joe Ingles finished with just five points on the evening, did not have a great three-game road trip through Atlanta, Miami, and, of course, with last night's loss in Orlando. We'll finish it off here with Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell uh, tied Rudy Gobert with 21 points throughout the game, but shot just eight of 24 from the floor. Here's Donovan Mitchell's comments after the game. I think the first thing is, you know, obviously defensively you're in, you're 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 trying to be smarter. You know, I took two Euro fouls. One I wish I didn't. The other one I'm I'm okay with. Obviously, the reaching is probably the obvious one. Worth, but you know, I think just being able to just stay solid, you know, and not really foul. I mean, that's that's kind of the mindset, which is a tough position to be in because it's like trying to balance being aggressive and being you know up in the pick and roll. But you know, you get caught for one ticky tack foul. That's it. So just trying to balance that, you know. But that's that's on me to put my my teammates in a tough situation with that last that last uh, region, um, just dumb foul. Good problems came back in transition, especially the last point. Mm-hmm. What's, what's preventing you guys from making those decisions to get back on um, the It's mental, you know. We gotta be able to understand that you know shots aren't falling. Like we gotta, we did it against uh, Atlanta. You know, even though shots were falling in the first half, we still got back, still guarded. Like, we got to make sure that's our top priority, being able to, you know, get stops when things aren't, you know, necessarily going in, shots aren't falling. And, you know, I think that was just a lack of focus on that part. Um, you know, last game of a road trip, you can't, you know, succumb to that, you know what I mean, say, and use that as an excuse and be like, okay, like, you know, we're tired, isn't that? Like, no, like, in order for us to be the team we want to be, we got to be able to do that, you know, every game, you know, and I think – Excuse me. We had the same conversation yesterday um, with Miami. Like we got to be able to focus on that, even when shots are falling, shots aren't falling. Rest are calling fouls, rest are not calling fouls. Um, we got to be able to get back, and we didn't make that a priority. And you know, two losses. Do you feel like the shots are getting? Yeah, I mean, tonight, you know, the same shots I've been making you know, for a while and just didn't go in tonight. You know, there are some shots where I'm like, okay, we can get a better look. I'm like that every game. Um, you know, I think as a group, I think there there are times when we, we should shoot the ball instead of, you know, shot faking and taking a tougher one. I think we, as a group, you know, let it fly. You know, I, I understand the percentage may not look, I don't know what we shot today, but it, it didn't look great. But, you know, we're the same team that, you know, shot, pissed out the ball last year. So, um, being able to take those shots, being able to, to do that, but also staying passing up shots leads to tougher shots too. So we got to be able to just take those threes. Um, but on the same token, myself, I got to be able to, you know, make the right reads, get in the pain and all that stuff as well. So not just settling for the three. Um, so that, I, I'm okay with the looks. Just feel 
Um, you would think that we would be able to do that because of, we've been playing with each other for three three years or so. Um, but you know, it's never going to be perfect. But you know, we we're ten games in now, so it's like all right, like you know, it's easy to say it's all right. It's three games in, all right, cool, we'll get adjusted. Like we're we're ten games in, you know, we're it's it's time. It's not time to wait and sit back and be like, all right, we'll we'll get into it. You know, I don't I don't care what we shoot from the three point line from the field. You know, being able to do the little things like get back guard. You know, we've we've done that, like you said, in spurts. But if we want to be the championship team we want to be, like, it's time. And I think we'll we'll go back, watch the film these past two games and, you know, even past three games um, from the road and understand, like, all right, it's time, it's time to go. Uh, it's time to get to it. The schedule, these first 10 games almost felt like one big road trip. I mean, not that you say it, yeah, no. <laughs> um, no, nah, I mean, you know, it's we, we were home for two weeks after the preseason. You know, and then you go on the road. Um, I haven't personally felt like we're on one big road trip, you know. Um, to be honest, you know, I can't speak for others. It might feel that way. I don't – I do the same thing at home I do on the road, nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? But some guys have kids and family. So it's maybe different for somebody else, for a Mike or Joe or, you know, really gay than it is for me per se. Uh, but I haven't felt that way particularly. There he was, Utah Jazz guard Donovan Mitchell coming off the loss last night for the Utah Jazz. They fall to 7-3 and three on the season, just 1-2 and two on their three-game road trip. But good news, Jazz fans, they will be back home for five of their next uh, five games here in Salt Lake City, 10 of their next 12 overall, and 16 of 22. So you'll get a healthy dose of the Jazz playing here at home and an opportunity them to them for them to recalibrate their shot and see if they can start knocking down some of those threes. There is the best of the post-game show as the Utah Jazz fall in Orlando, and now they come back home for a stretch of games. They've done a lot of traveling, so they'll be home for a while now. All right, we're going to take a break. More to come. We're going to hear from the Utes, the Cougars, and the Aggies over the course of the day. Stay with us, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to talk with Samson Nakua. BYU wide receiver joining us every week here on The Zone. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties to sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Visit SmartRain.net or call them at 877-346-3333. Samson, good morning. Good morning. What's up? I'm curious, how do you keep a straight face when coaches are telling you all week, hey, everybody's dangerous, these guys kept so-and-so close until the second and third quarter, and you're looking at film thinking, we're going to destroy these guys, and then you do go out and destroy those guys? Um, it, it wasn't hard, honestly. Um, we, we wanted a, a perfect season, and uh, you know we let it slip away from us, so uh, now it's really just really trying to focus on each game and... Um, not taking anyone lightly and uh, just coming out and uh, giving respecting the game, respecting each team and the only way to respect them is uh, giving them our best shot and uh, that's exactly what we did. Late in the season to have finally have a bye, but what are your thoughts about having it? Oh my goodness, it was much needed. Uh, it was 10 weeks of uh, grinding right there. Um, of just us pushing through and uh, Grinding it out every week and uh, trying to get it our best out there, and uh, finally by weeks hit, and um, I'm sleeping all week. I'm not going to any class or anything. So, 
When you're playing at the U, the conference season, it all builds into November, and you were on mostly good teams there. So if you didn't win the division, you were usually in the race. And I'm curious what it's like to get to a November and not have that sense of urgency, to have your bye week late in the year, and to have two games where you're favored by a ton of points. Um, it feels good, honestly. Um, it, it's been a great season. Um, we've been grinding it out. Um, I don't know. It, just, it feels good. Um, these last two games, um, just got to give it everything we got. Uh, we end out in L.A. and uh, in the Coliseum, and that's going to be my last time in the Coliseum, so I definitely want to try to take the dev. That'll be my first time taking the dev in the Coliseum, so uh, it's going to be fun. You're done, as you say, but your brother could come back, but at the same time, he's really asserted himself and shown his ability this season probably, well, I don't think there's any question, the best he's had since he's been in college and left high school three years ago. With that in mind, has he had any discussions about considering the NFL after this season? Um, no, not right now. Um, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but we've been so focused on this season and trying to give uh, the fans a good show to watch and um, trying to give this team um, – everything we got and uh so nothing too much on the future just been focused on right now and trying to end off the season right so you've got uh you've got these blowouts now what, what do you do on the sideline to just kill time in the second half i mean you're out the subs are in what do you do <laughs> you got to keep the energy alive in the stadium um whether it's our ones twos or threes and um Everyone feels the energy. You can feel the crowd, and uh, that helps shift the momentum of the game. So uh, definitely just try to keep the energy in the stadium alive to help our twos and threes feel that everyone's still there for them and uh, still supporting them. So uh, just trying to pick up the energy and uh, support the teammates. A lot of times this time of year, they'll have high school recruits at games, at home games, and our stance yeah. and some hot shots from Florida in over the weekend. Do you have any a- interaction with these kids? And if so, what is it about? Um, got to um, get, give a little interaction, but just show them um, what we're really about and uh, show them what this team's about. And uh, by doing that, we can just play some uh, good ball and have fun and uh, show them that, you know, we're all about business, but we're also about um, letting you be you and, um, letting you play your uh, game of ball and uh, letting you just play relaxed and uh, not, not intense and uh, just having fun dancing. Um, and that's where we're just trying to show the recruits that we're all about business, but we don't have fun too. And um, that's what we're just trying to show them. These 17-year-olds ever say or do anything that make you think, kids? <laughs> uh, shoot, I don't know. I'm still a kid myself. Uh, I probably still do things in People look at me like, dang, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, any of these recruits ask you about the honor code? You know, it's a little bit different, obviously, at BYU as far as, hey, if I come here, what am I getting myself into? Uh, yeah, I've got asked a lot uh, about it, and um, I just tell them um, I think it's a great opportunity to come here and uh, really just focus and lock into to ball and uh, to get goals accomplished uh, that you want and um, – and um, it helps you uh, really, I don't know, become more controlling of your body and your um, thoughts and feelings and um, any urges you have, um, being able to control yourself down here and uh, 
it's going to help you in the long run. Uh, a, a sacrifice I talk about, sacrifice now, will be something greater in the bigger picture. And uh, with the honor code, I think it just helps prepare for your wife and your family. And um, I don't know. I think it's wonderful, and I think it prepares you for the NFL perfectly and just keeps your head on straight. Are you talking to any of the guys who are in the NFL, either guys you knew from Utah or or some of the guys from the Yeah, uh, talked to my best friend a lot, Julian Blackman. Um, I know he's got hurt this season, but me and I'm always calling each other and talking, and uh, he's giving me good insights, and um, we're just checking up on each other, and uh, it's been it's been good. He's been giving me a lot of help. You're a local kid who stayed local, playing at both institutions. Some of these kids coming from many, many states away. Could you imagine doing that yourself? Um. I couldn't. Um, Pooley got to do it in experience, but um, I know it's a bit harder. Um, I know it's a lot to get up and move states away from your family. And um, I give props to those kids that do it. Um, they're dedicated to this game, and um, they come out and they work, and uh, they miss their families during Christmas, New Year's. They miss a lot of um, holidays with families um, just to play this game. And... Um, I've been thankful for everything they have, and I try to spend as much time as with them and invite them over for these holidays, but I know it's very hard, and I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> Samson Nakua, BYU wide receiver, joining us. You mentioned earlier uh, with the bye work you were going to sleep in and not even go to class, and I'm wondering, how often do you even have to go to class? How much stuff is online these days? Do you even have to leave your house or apartment? Yeah, really, you don't have to, honestly, uh, besides maybe for study hall or maybe one one or two classes. Uh, ping pong, you can't do ping pong online, so I have to show up to ping pong class. <laughs> so that's probably the only class I'll be at. <laughs> What's the football schedule this week? Um, just try to relax and get some lifting in, um, clean up on details and just review the plays and uh, just stay sharp. Um, don't let this uh, little bye week um, slip away from us and let us fall off our game, but just uh, probably a little light practices and uh, some lifts. Well, Samson, thanks for joining us for a few minutes this morning. We appreciate it. We will talk to you again next week. Enjoy that bye week and uh, sleep a lot. And, man, ping pong. That's going to start the rivalry talk. You know you just made a thing on social media, right? That's, that's going to yeah, be kind of fair. I'm telling everyone now I'm the best at ping pong. Let me know. Okay. I'm challenging me. I'm ready. <laughs> State ping pong champion, Samson Nakua, joining us here on The Zone. Thanks, Samson. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. BYU 8-2, and two, all anticipating they'll be 9-2 and two going to the Coliseum. And really, the way USC looked this past week, 10-2 and two is there for the taking. I think the way USC's looked this past season. 10-2 and two is there for the yeah, taking. I don't think this week was any different than what they've been. Emph- what they've been all season, they haven't been good. They've, been, I mean, their coaches have probably got uh, what was it? Uh, Donovan played on one leg, leg. What do they got? A foot and a half out the door. Yeah. All this uh, metaphor stuff. Had somebody tell me last week that well, Donovan, I'm one leg. I said, he was thirty nine nine and nine. What did you expect? Eighty eighteen and eighteen. Well, maybe fifty. No, half a hundred. No, if you had one leg and you have two, you double it. <laughs> like that. what you think. Uh, That's seventy eight for Donovan. Can he keep it going? I think that uh, BYU believes that they could do better than the Independence Bowl. In fact, I know they think they can do better than the Independence Bowl. If it's if it if it is the Independence Bowl, so be it. 
but they believe if they go 10-2 and two and win big, they think they have to... Pour it on USC. Make a statement. Yeah. I don't think it's so much SC. I think you you tend to just default to, to name. I think it's more about BYU uh, because obviously Georgia Southern is not a name, but they feel like if they win big in both of these games and look really, really good offensively, that they would be attractive. I don't know which one. I can go and guess. But they think that if they finish 10-2, and two, and what are they, 14 now? In the um, media poll, they're yeah. 14. Coaches poll, they're 15. And we'll see what the rankings. I mean, they obviously ought to move up. There were teams right. who played close games. Their spot mirrors, mirrors is basically the, the playoff poll. The playoff treated them a little better last week. And you would think... It'll treat them a little better this week. What do you mean treated them? Oh, they were ranked a little higher in the in the playoff committee deal, and I think okay. they'll I think they're going to okay, move compared up. to the AP. Yeah. I got you, uh, right? And so they think that they've got a shot to maybe get something better, and they they really they want it to to show how good they are because it's a great recruiting pitch for sure. It's a great re- recruiting pitch, and, and it's just it's really. It's crazy, whatever word you want to use. Funny, strange. Uh, I don't know, maybe strange is not the right word. But just a couple years ago, they were down in the dumps recruiting, and you know their recruiting numbers, uh, the ranking, and all that stuff were was way low to the point. Wow, how are they going to beat these Power Five teams? And here they have. Uh, what have they won four now? Uh, five? What is it? They're 4-0 against the Pac-12. They've got the fifth win against yeah. Virginia. Yeah, so they're 5-1. and one. Jaron Hall, no quarterback in the history of BYU, has beaten that many Power 5 teams ever, is what I hear. I didn't look it up. It's what I've been told. And Hall lighting it up. Somebody told me, man, it compared against uh, Air. They don't think he could have played better. They know it's Idaho State. We get that. But he's sensational. He's getting better all the time. He's NFL good. And so you put all that stuff in when the bowl people do their all their considerations and they think that it's a possibility that they can get that accomplished. So they have a lot to play for, even though they don't have a conference title to play for this year and next year. Uh, Particularly if they can have these big wins and look sensational doing it. And Algiers a name. Uh, what, what's that? The Doak Walker Award? You know, he could be in the running because he's just been brilliant this year. Nakua, you could argue, Puka speaking, has played a season this year as he's gotten better and made more spectacular catches and looks like you know, he's physical, he can run, they've had some running plays for him, and he certainly looks like he has all the tools and skills to be an NFL player. And I think you can argue with the kid from SC going out, what did he have, a broken ankle or something, if I mm-hmm. remember, it was a couple weeks ago, that Naku is the best kid out there on our side of the country right now. And he's looking really good, so he's a name, you can throw him out there. They have that sexiness about them. That makes them attractive. And they got these kids from Florida. What are like a seven-star? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> BYU fans going berserko. They love us. If Kalani lands this kid. A seven-star? Yeah, yeah. Well, you go two, two time zones over, your star gets bumped. You start at five, and then you go two, two time zones west. You end up being seven, yeah. 
I asked somebody, how in the world did you even get this kid to commit, or not to commit to visit, not to commit to come, but to commit to visit? Suitcase was full of cash, is what I was told. as a joke. And I said, well, man, I would have thought that it was a lifetime supply of Built Bars. That got a laugh. I got a ha-ha. <laughs> Built Bar for the win. So it's crazy to think how... Just a couple years ago, the program was viewed as being down in the dumps. And where's it going to go? And now, this is the best it's been since the final years in the Mountain West. Except for that final year, but the four years prior to the final year was great. And then before that, I think you have to go back probably to the 80s. And I had a one great season in 96. I understand that. But right now, this is more than one great season. This has been complete and total validation upon what they did last year. All those fools who complained about the schedule are looking stupid. 30 wins in three years going into the Big 12. That seems where they're headed. Right now, they're having breakfast, all those fools. But they're not going anywhere. They're just taking the egg off their face and cooking it. More analogies. Bring it. Because they've got it. It's dripping. You whined last year about the scheduling. Now you look foolish. You Ute fans, those of you who whined about the scheduling, you can't do that because if you do that this year, you're basically incriminating yourselves. And nobody wants self-incrimination. No one. Literally no one wants self-incrimination. I I, I defy anyone to get on our app right now and say, I am comfortable with self-incrimination. There's not one soul. And I'm going all the way back to Adam. Yes, since the beginning. There's not one person, man, woman, both, whatever you consider yourselves these days, who wants self-incrimination. Name me one. You cannot... Sniggy, you like to go and try to counter me when I have these definitive, clarative statements. People who plead guilty in courtrooms like self-incrimination. No, they want lesser sentences. That's smart. They did something stupid. Now they want to make up for it. That's not self-incrimination. That's a pathway to freedom. El Camino, if you will. (laughs) It comes back to that junior college you and Frank Dolce like. Sarkeesian likes it. Yeah, he does. He didn't come on our show, though. Todd Hans likes it. All right, you can stop now. <laughs> Famous El Camino quarterbacks. <laughs> I know them. I know them all. Not the last 30 years. Well, I guess I know Sarkeesian. Um, and yet, that's what BYU has. They're on top of the world these days. They're dancing. They're leading the school fight song. Cougars. How great is it to be a cougar today? Oh, I thought you were going to say cougars. How great thou art. <laughs> of course I, you would. I, I, cool. I had the exact you same thought. You thought so, too. I know. Obviously, you two would. We know, know that. our background. One speaks it openly. The other is a little tender because he's got to appeal to both sides on television. We understand how it works. You know, you got them and you got us, and we sort of mingle, but not really. When it gets right down to nut and dime, we go here, they go there. We understand how this community works. Enough of your Christmas parties. <laughs> well, it's the day-to-day Easter parties, Hanukkah. <laughs> your Easter parties. You name it. It doesn't matter. 
Name your tradition. They go this way, you go that way. Zigging and zagging. I mean, you sort of interact uh, because you have to on some level. We get it, but I get, you know, you guys, of course you would think how great thou art. Yeah, obviously you would. I mean, that's the default move and good. That's going to get you where you want to go in the great beyond. I'm happy for you. How high does BYU have to get to break down that the political wall that says only one non-G5 team gets in? Cincinnati's obviously unbeaten right now. I don't know. And I maybe can't. Cincinnati loses a couple games. You know, Houston or SMU gets them, and then they lose the conference title game. I, I can't speak to that. It just it, all it is is just flat out guesswork. Yeah. It's not hard to imagine them in the top 12, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily in. There could be champions lower than that. They could pick an at-large team lower than that. There's all kinds of stuff that could happen. Well, when I hear that Kalani believes it could happen, that leads me to think that he has reason, not, well, yeah, well, yeah it just makes sense. We can do it. It's beyond that. There's something substantive. I don't know what that money. substantive is. It's money. It's I always don't, I don't, money, and it's the Fiesta Bowl needing to sell tickets. I'm guessing. I'm just making it up. But I don't know. When that. in doubt, I don't either. But when in doubt, follow the money. There's a semifinal in the Cotton Bowl. They're off the they're off the table here. The Rose Bowl, they like to stay inside the Big Ten and the Pac twelve. If they're gonna pick a second team because they lose a team. Why not laugh. get the best Pac twelve team? Hey oh. <laughs> but the Fiesta Bowl, hey, we'll take whoever from the other side of the country, but we need someone who's gonna sell tickets and fill the place. And the Utes. And can lose twice to Oregon and still go. This is Utah's year. They, every game they play, the other team's starting quarterback is out. And then they can lose twice to Oregon and still go to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, that would, that would really <laughs> test the Rose Bowl. Do they want 8-5 and five Utah? Well, if they follow the money, you just told me. That's not following the money. That's following the tradition. <laughs> that would be following but the tradition. When in doubt, you, when just, in doubt, told, you, just, you yeah. just contradicted yourself. And I hate that. You just self-incriminated, and I just told you don't self-incriminate. You t- didn't say that. You said nobody likes to do it. Right. But I like to do it, no, so you I don't. Just did it. You do not. Well, you made I a did. mistake. Repent ye. The message that you said and you spread, I am now spreading it. Repent ye. Repent. <laughs> Repent. So I went to the Rolling Stones. Now it's turning into a Monty Python movie. Bring out your dead. I went to the Rolling Stones on Saturday night at Allegiant Stadium. And as I was walking in, we parked a few streets away so we could have a quick get out. Drive back to St. George for the evening so we knew it would be late. And there's this guy in the speaker just preaching up a storm, man. Oh, on the street corner for everyone leaving the Stones. Arriving, but yeah. Oh, arriving. Okay. Yeah, and we got there... Probably two hours early, and then he was just going to town. Place was packed, I assume. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yes. And uh, he was. He had on his. He had uh, his megaphone. He had a big sign. And I committed right there on the spot. Yeah, so I'm a changed man this morning. Doesn't seem like it. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like pretty much the same deal. I admired his his commitment. DJ and PK coming up. We just heard from Samson Nakua, BYU wide receiver. Coming up, Nick Ford, Utah offensive lineman, will join us at 8.35, and we will talk to him about the blowout win at Stanford. Blake Anderson, Aggie coach. Not a good first half. 
Really good second half, and they get a win. They need to be better against San Jose State. Blake Anderson will join us at 9.30. Coming up next, the question of the day. Gather around, college football fans. We'll get to it next. Stay with us. The New Zone lineup is here. With the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the Zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6. Live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Hot Takes Your Toast is brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair? It's 2021 and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment. Or visit www.utahhairmd.com. Question of the day. Utah obliterates Stanford. How good is this team now? Best team in the Pac-12 right now. Taking them over Oregon, huh? Yep. Very impressive, DeGiro tells us. DeGiro's pizza? They are trashing people. Daniel, good enough to win the Pac-12. They are. Rose Bowl, here they come. I've been saying it for weeks. Yeah. Once they got the quarterback position right, they would be in the national championship game if they would listen to me. No, they wouldn't. Would too. <laughs> they wouldn't have lost. They wouldn't have lost. Or they, they would have had one loss. If Oregon can be in contention with one loss, certainly Utah can. Well, they got they got to win at Ohio State. That's right, boosting them. And then Utah beats Oregon twice, so they, by extension, they get the boost. Yes, they do. I got that. Randy says, good enough to be the second-best team in Utah. Oh, wait. They're not going to play Utah State to see if they could beat them and be the second-best team. With Charlie Brewer, there's no question they were the second-best team at best. If only they would have listened to me. They would be in contention. Yeah, because Oregon's win over Ohio State would have benefited Utah if they beat them twice. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. They should be ranked right now. If you if you don't have them ranked, you're not looking close enough. You're just looking at the surface, which probably half the writers or voters, whoever they are, and then it's writers. Writers is an old term. Excuse me, forgive me. Beat writers, as if that that's an archaic term on, unto itself. Uh, you're not paying attention. Only one loss to to to. Oregon State. Now, obviously, the the conference sucks this year. It's that that's that's what's weighing them down. But at the same time, it's not weighing down Oregon. Oregon barely escapes, but Oregon has a win over Iowa State and doesn't have three losses. And even after the quarterback switch, Utah lost at Oregon State, and Oregon State has looked terrible since. Yeah, and so you play that game. Yeah, and it, but Oregon lost to Stanford. So how much does water that water that down? Stanford, get out of town, man. Why even bother? <laughs> Nobody cares about your program. You're paying your coach like close to nine million bucks. Your attendance is abysmal. They're too busy with other things. Nobody's from that area. 
It's not, you know, like Locke, he's a big Stanford fan. Yeah, because he was fortunate enough to grow up in one of the most exclusive areas in the country. And so that's why. But he didn't go there. Maybe he took an extension class or something he said once or whatever. But Stanford fans, it's like they're, they're like professional fans in the Southwest. You bring your Pittsburgh Steelers allegiances with you when you move to where the weather's better. Well, Stanford fans, they're from all over the world. And they bring their allegiances if they even care about it to begin with. I mean, they never had good attendance. They just they don't care. And that's who Oregon lost to? Yes. That's they, embarrassing. They often lose to. How did they lose that game? And I know the pass interference and other play. How was that game even close? That was a game close enough that a call could make a difference. You know the pass interference. 95% of our listeners don't. So you, if you play the comparative score game, the conference comes out looking crappy. I mean, Oregon State loses to Cal, which loses to Arizona, which lost to Colorado. I mean, gosh, it just goes on and on. But right now, I believe Utah is playing the best in the conference. If I did a conference power ranking, they would be number one. Who do I believe in more, Cam Rising or Anthony Brown? Overwhelmingly, Cam Rising. Didn't Anthony Brown remember you an Air Force quarterback? I, I said that over the summer. I don't know much, and I'm old and outdated and blah, blah, blah. I hear the criticism, people. But I do know Pac-12 football, and I've known it forever. And I told you I didn't think Anthony Brown was good enough. And I told you Cam Rising was good enough. And I told you before they even took snaps. Anybody can tell you after the fact. And maybe I'll be, I'll be proven wrong. It won't be the first time. That's won't, certainly won't be the last time. Because next week they got the big showdown. But at the same time, the showdown doesn't even matter. Nope. It's like <laughs> the hors d'oeuvres. The main course is coming in Vegas. It matters for Oregon. It could matter for Oregon. Maybe everybody around Oregon will just back up and they'll get to lose another game. Uh, yeah, they'll just find other ways to move other teams up. So there won't be enough losing to have a two-loss Oregon team in the playoff. So Oh, I, no, no. I was talking about the Pac-12 title game. Oh, I, don't, I wasn't talking about They're the not playing for the Pac-12 title game. They're playing for the playoff. It has something way bigger than the Pac-12 title game. That's not, that's not Oregon's mindset right now. That's just a checkmark along the list. No, the division is divisions are over. It's done. It will be Oregon and Utah, December, whatever, second or third, whatever that first Friday is, in Vegas. They're Oregon's going to beat Washington State next week? They don't have to, but yeah. What do you think, Washington State all of a sudden is a terror? Well, Oregon's 5-1 and one and Washington State's 4-2. and two. If Washington State wins, they'd have the same record, and the Utes have to play Oregon if Utah's all that good. I mean, I don't think it'll happen, but Oregon could get knocked out of the Pac-12 title game. So I think Oregon so will beat Utah. Washington State. No, Utah's not going to. Well, they could if you. They could, but you just went. Well, that's you're giving stock to Washington State. That's what you're doing. Well, I'm giving them more stock, and I'm giving Arizona and Colorado. You're right. That's why the Utes are in. They got Arizona and Colorado. I don't. They could have uh, whomever. That you you're giving stock to Washington State, and you just downgraded Utah. And I do neither. 
Utah's not getting in because they have Colorado and Arizona left. They're getting in because they're really good. That's why they're getting in. Repent ye. You have a lot of repentance. Yak, can you get the secretary on the line to set up a meeting with him, please? Because he's going to be busy tomorrow night. Don't worry, it's already scheduled, Yak. There were some other incidents <laughs> over the weekend. It's already set. I tell you, man, just an eight-week thing, and they'll get you off nicotine. <laughs> <laughs> you got a new read? <laughs> no, I don't. I'll go to somebody else. But the, So... <laughs> no, the Utah's getting in because they're really good, not because of their schedule remaining. So yes, that's that's the way I feel. They're playing the best ball in the conference, and but Oregon is think they're not thinking Rose Bowl. Utah's thinking Rose Bowl because they made the wrong choice earlier in the season. It happens. Nobody's perfect. They made the wrong choice. That little three week experiment, two and a half weeks died a, a sudden death in a manner that we don't see come into town oh yeah man what a hell of a spring game and then boom he's gone <laughs> seen nothing like it and hopefully for them they will never ever see anything like it again but everything has changed they'll see something like it because everything's changed and that's how quarterbacks move around now I don't yeah I don't I don't think we'll Tuttle left pretty quick he wasn't here very long he was a high school he, kid he, not he, a transfer he didn't play a game yeah who cares? Kids, quarterbacks transfer all the time. That's not unusual. Uh, it's. I just saw a kid from what Florida, Purdy, uh, Purdy's younger brother. He he's out now. He's put his name in the transfer portal. I mean, and and Rattler is thought to be doing the same thing with Oklahoma if he doesn't try the NFL. That that stuff happens. But in a manner that Brewer did, where they built him up and blah, blah, blah. And he threw for 9,000 yards. And Baylor, gosh, I got so freaking sick of hearing that. Part of the reason I just went from with rising is because I was sick of hearing about Brewer throwing for 9,000 yards in the spring game of all spring games. You would have thought he was Zach Wilson in the spring game based on the throw that Zach Wilson made in the practice. <laughs> So if you're going to just beat me over the head with something, naturally at some point I'm going to resist. And as you know, I was part of the resistance movement. (laughs) Randy says good enough to be the second best team in Utah, and he has got a long line of people backing him up. That for all the changes BYU, or for all the changes Utah has made, they still couldn't be BYU. We'll never know. How good are the Utes? John says we will see in two weeks. Shane says all the mighty U fans are excited about a bunch of garbage wins. A win is a win, and they're playing well, but we all know what's going to happen. They'll find a way to screw it up when it counts. Well, if losing one single game counts, then they've done that twice. That's the the downside of these title games, you know, and... Me growing up, the Rose Bowl representative out of the Pac-12 had eight or nine games in which to prove itself. Not one. Now you got nine plus one. You got to prove yourself for nine, and then you got to prove yourself for one more. Well, but you know, that, that means they screw it up when it counts. By, by that statement, that means those other games don't count as much. Well, some people may be going back to screwing it up by losing to UCLA at home five years ago or whatever it was, six years ago. 
Yeah, I think the the Oregon loss when Herbert was a freshman was far more devastating than the UC Los Angeles loss. That's another one. Yeah. And Carrington barely getting his foot in. I thought that was the farm one. And then they had Washington, so I don't know why you picked out that single one. They've had multiple ones. Washington came in here and got him on a punt return. Pettis, which there was 14 blocks in the back that the referees didn't call. Yeah. 14 of them. One big one, really. No, 14 of them. Come on, it wasn't just one. Go listen to them. They got jobbed they got on that. 14 blocks in the back. I committed three just along the sidelines as Pettis. As I was racing with Pettis down the sideline, a la Kalani Sitake on a long run. So there's been multiples. I think they're going to get it done this year. And part of me is hoping they get it done. I'm, I'm, I, I have no uh, hidden agenda here. My agendas, I have agendas, but they're not hidden. I like the guy who's the coach. I got no problem saying that. And well, the whole country's pulling for him. And oh, I don't care about the country. I just it's great for the station. I would love to be in Pasadena January one. I've been there multiple times. It's a hoot. I have many Ute fans. I've bailed out many Ute fans, and I would love for them to experience what I've experienced. I think it would be a whole heck of a lot of fun. I was there when they were in the Sugar Bowl. I was there when they were in Fiesta Bowl. I mingled with them. And I know they're out there. Obviously, everyone knows they're out there. And they would flood that place. It would be a lot of fun. And I want the guys, the program, to experience it. Why not this year? Because you don't know what's going to happen. You never know, man. It's hard to say. And the opportunity is right here. What I do know is that the opportunity has never been better in the 10-plus years that they've been in the conference. I, I'm very confident of saying that. And I, you'd think, oh, they should be strong again next year. Yeah, okay, but you don't know. Who knows, man? You get a quarterback injury, you get a second quarterback injury, and your season is crashing. That's happened. We've seen that happen plenty of times. So you can't really say, oh, well, yeah, they look, or you can say it, but you don't know what was going to transpire, transpire a year from now. But what I do know now, and the funny thing is, they don't, they, I, obviously they've got to win the, the Oregon game, the second one. Maybe they even don't. Maybe Oregon just blitzes them twice, and then the Rose Bowl committee, who's not uh, locked into taking the Pac-12 loser, they don't have to. But what are their freaking options? <laughs> <laughs> well, at that point, I would think everybody's got five losses. Maybe UCLA could win out and be 8-4, and four and they could take them. And it would be a watered down, so I don't even want that. I mean, you don't want to go in there with five losses. ASU could get to 8-4 and four still, or 9-3. and three. Oh, they're the bastion of consistency, so you <laughs> yeah, can right. count on them. <laughs> we don't know who will be coaching. <laughs> but Sure. Yeah, have at it. After you you went to a stretch in which you were outscored fifty six to nothing and there's during another, the course of the season. Yeah, and, bring them on. And there's another scenario where Oregon wins the league and everybody in the league has five losses. Yeah. Everybody. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I just said. I don't know that they and if and a, the Utah five, five loss could be team, better than everybody else's seven and five. Uh, well, they, I think they are better than everybody else. If they, if at worst, at worst, the Utes are the second best team in the conference. And maybe I've been underestimating Oregon and 
and they've got enough defensively, and Dye's a runner, and Brown's good enough. Maybe he's not great, but he's good enough combined with everybody else on the team. Maybe they can win out, and if they win out, they're going to go to the playoff. They're not going to drop. You can't put somebody in there and then have them win out and then take them out. That makes your poll a sham. Well, it is a sham, and they could do it, but I get your point that if you're in and you keep winning, you would think you stay in and you wouldn't get leapfrogged. Right. You would think. That, that seems ridiculous. Why put them in in the first place? But they got undefeated Oklahoma behind them, so they might get leapfrogged if Oklahoma can keep winning. Yeah, but Michigan State just lost, so yep. they, you're going to have to have two teams leapfrog them now. So it's not just one. They'd have two, and if they win out, that'd be in. Klyovkov would resign on the spot. <laughs> they forget that. He would rally the Pac-12. And with pitchforks and torches, they would storm the college football playoff. Committee. Yeah, I mean, it would just be a Herb Street would burst in uh, an aorta. I don't even know what they are. I think you do, actually. Wouldn't it? It would be, it would be impossible to imagine. And I'm not an Oregon guy by any stretch, but I would be right there leading the protest if that were the case. So I, I don't see that. So if Oregon does win out, beats the Utes twice, then they would be, without question, the best team in the conference. And according to this poll that came out last week, deservedly be in. So my point is, at worst, at worst, Utah right now today is the second best team in the conference. And I believe we've only got three weeks left in the season. And I believe in three weeks they will be the consider the second best, irregardless of what happens in Vegas. They would be considered the second best because there's nobody in the North that is better than them. Outside, assuming Oregon wins twice. I don't know that they will, but just for the sake of argument, saying they do. You couldn't make a case for anybody else in the conference saying, well, they're better than the Utes, so they should go if the Pac-12 is going to get a representative in the Rose Bowl. They should go ahead of them. Assuming, of course, back to your point you made a few minutes ago, that they beat Arizona and Colorado, which seems yeah. of, of like an, just like a two-inch putt. It's a gimme. Pick it up. In fact, Arizona and Colorado, they've already conceded. <laughs> they already told them to pick it up. <laughs> Go ahead, pick it up. And the conference and television networks, and that's why it's, uh, what's this, this game Saturday starts at noon on the Pac-12 network? Is that Everybody's running from Arizona. Is it noon or 11? I need to know because I'm going covering the game. Yeah, because Arizona's now on our time. We count on you for this. You can't come to us. We're confused well, I know, by this. Well, no, no. I know the time zones, but I didn't know what time the game started. I didn't know if it was 11 or noon. I know the time. Believe me, when my parents were alive, I explained them enough to the <laughs> point where then we changed clocks and I'd have to start all over. Noon Mountain Time. And my sisters still, one of whom has a doctorate, and I still have to tell her. What time it is. For instance, you know, we're coming into town this weekend because I'm covering the game for the station and I have to tell them, you know, I will be landing a certain time, which is also your time. We're on the same time. And they look, does anybody really know what time it is? Does anybody really care? Sing it. (laughs) But I am frugal with the company. 
because I'm coming back Monday because the flights were cheaper on Monday. I have some place to stay, so I'm not charging the company hotel, but I do not want to rip off the company with the rent a car. So Sunday morning, I'm changing the rent a car, bringing it back, and then getting a rent a car on my own. How about that? I can be trusted. I'm freaking Abe Lincoln here. Thanks, Abe. All right, DJ and Abe will be back next to Utah Jazz with a couple losses over the weekend. We will get to that coming up, what has gone wrong for the Jazz, and we'll get in home, fix it. Nick Ford is here at 8.30 to talk Ute football and Blake Anderson at 9.30. Stay with us. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. Brian Fisher with Athlon Sports. It really is there for the Utes taking. You know, win or lose in that Pac-12 title game. I mean, we've seen the committee in past years uh, assuming that you know, Utah runs the table the rest of the way and, you know, and is that South representative. You know, frankly, it's, it's really kind of a dream scenario for Utah You know, in terms of being able to either go to the Rose Bowl and be assured of you know a spot at uh, the granddaddy of them all if they end up winning the, the Pac-12 title or uh, likely you know, be assured of, of uh, a spot there if, if they lose. Utah fans, you know, they, they might be concerned about uh, potential scenarios, but I think they're, they're so unlikely at this point that as long as they take care of business, that they will be fine when it comes to uh, making their way to Pasadena at the end of this year. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com Football Friday is presented by Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. Oh, the Utah Jazz get beat in Florida. Miami gets them Saturday. Orlando gets them Sunday. PK, is this cause for a little concern or... Nah, it was back-to-back on the road. They played a bunch of road games, and uh, we're 10 games into the season. You're plowing right through it. They'll come home, play a bunch of games, and it'll be fine. Or you want a more nuanced view, and that is just too, too general. What does it say when they lose to Miami and Orlando? Well, Locke wanted to attribute it to the weirdness of daylight savings. And I texted him, I said, Daylight savings is in the spring. You're you're mislabeling it. And it was bugging me. The end of daylight savings yes. is what he would like to attribute we it to. We corrected that. Good. <laughs> I know I feel better. What does it say? It seems this team, collectively, is in a brutal shooting slump. That cannot be debated. And in the NBA, if you're in a brutal shooting slump, more so than ever... Because you insist on taking threes. Drives me crazy to watch Clarkson just have enough bricks to build a freaking chimney. Two for 11, and he wasn't even the coldest guy on the team. It's just, oh, man. I think this is the first time that 90-some games they didn't get at least 10 threes. Only eight. That's what happens when you shoot 19%. You know, they do and, what they do, and I, I do what I do, which is second guess. And the only guy who shot the three well was Royce O'Neal. Everybody else looked at that and thought, mm, I didn't shoot the three well tonight. Can they change style in the middle of the game or in the end when things aren't going well from three? Or you just say, this is the hill we're on, and we're going to Terrence Man it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Terrence Mann. Yeah. And just, we're going to keep shooting him. And, and that, and, and, and I get the ex-jocks, well, you're in a shooting slump, so the only way to get out of it is keep shooting. But do they have to shoot during the game? Can you maybe stay after? Or if you're home, go to the gym earlier. You know, I realize after you're getting on a plane and flying back. But can you get up today? And does it have to be during the actual competition of the game? That's the only way you can shoot yourself? I never played the game. I have never taken a basket in my life. So I have never, I don't know anything about it. But do you have to, the only way you can get out of it is in an actual game? Oh, what about the cliche? You got to see the ball go through the hoop. So see the ball go through the hoop. Right. Go to the hoop. Yeah. What about that? I don't, which I believe if that's what you need, you are extremely mentally weak and get out of here. I don't want you around. If you need to see the ball go through the hoop in order to believe that you can actually have the ball go through the hoop, that's mentally weak. And a true champion is not mentally weak. He or she actually, that's the number one characteristic that they have is they are extremely mentally strong they're at the top of the food chain when it comes to mental toughness so they can be 13 for 45 and be 14 for 46 because they're mentally tough and you can be great but if you're mentally weak you're not making the shots in the most crucial of times when you're unguarded from 15 feet well, Jordan Clarkson tried a couple of two-pointers, and he missed both of those two. So he went back to three. Now, the thing that I will say in watching, particularly last night's game, they were good shots. And that is why they take them. Because right. you have 24 seconds, right. and if you pass it up, we all know, then you end up turning the ball over later in the possession. So the good thing, I have zero complaints on the shooting, on this shot selection. You know, maybe one or two is going to be rushed, but the other Whatever. team's going to do it too. Yeah. So I have zero complaints on their shot selection and if you go long term they'll get out of it and they're still one when have gone seven and three and they've got a slew of home games coming up slew of home games and that'll shoot the three better yeah that so, loss does say a couple other things i mean obviously the three-point shooting is one we're all going to go to we all noticed that right away but it says a couple other things too and we will get to them next one of the things i think it screams pretty loudly we'll get to that Next, DJ and PK, what is trending? We'll tell you all about it. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. Forrest drives the baseline. Search dribble to Pascal. Catches and goes left. Rises up. Above. Thunder Mountain impacted. Drives. Scoops underneath. Rudy dunks. Beautiful give from Donovan Mitchell. His seventh assist of the night. Shot clock at four. Hampton for three. on a Sunday night in Central Florida. 107 to 100. Game was tied at 94, 96, 98. There were plenty of chances for the Jazz to win that down the stretch. But they lose. They suffer back-to-back losses. What does it say about the Jazz? We were just playing that in the last segment, PK. 
Uh, what does it say? They're not nearly as good without Mike Conley. He's had two games now. They have lost them both. They're 7-1 when he plays. 0-2 when he doesn't. Making big plays at the end of close games. I think a lot of people count on Conley to do that. And he wasn't there to do that last night, and it hurt him. Because for all the issues, the turnovers that led to the fast break points were a problem. Cole Anthony got out and got a couple of easy dunks late in the game when the Jazz could have really used to stop, and they couldn't get their defense back and get them set. And Conley helps with all those things. The ball handling, hitting big shots instead of having empty possessions there in the last two or three minutes. They missed him. So why not sit him against Miami and have him play the game that you have a better chance to win? I think the logic there, and I haven't heard this said, but I think the logic is they're not playing to get the regular, the easy regular season wins. Miami's a championship contender, and they need to test themselves against those guys and put the team out there that's going to be out there in the playoffs. That's the closest thing you're going to get to a playoff game in the regular season. So yeah, but you put your best team out there. Play Miami. No, you may not. But you still need to play elite teams and get elite competition. Well, you'll do that either way. That The schedule will take care of that for you. Jazz return home to open a homestand against the Atlanta Hawks tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Jazz don't have a back-to-back now until Thanksgiving weekend. So I would expect we're seeing a lot of Mike Conley. It's a lot of home games, and they're not going to keep shooting 19% from three. So some of this stuff ought to fix itself. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Ricky Rubio, he's been the maestro tonight. On the left-hand dribble, works left wing, fakes a three. Now he'll shoot it. And he's got another one. Ricky now has a career-high 37 points and eight threes in a game. Beal to the left elbow, all the way to the rim. Lays it in with the right hand on the left side. Bradley Beal has 30, and the Wizards up 96-88. Draymond Green, right side pool, off a screen by Wiggins, and he nails a three, 23 on the night so far for Jordan Poole. George wants to go to work, looking inside, now driving left. George, step back, 15-footer. It's good. Paul George makes it rain from the mid-range. Highlights from the NBA there. Paul George and the Clippers get a win. They beat Charlotte 120-106, a 22-zip run. Flipping that game in the fourth quarter. They were down nine. Suddenly, they were up big. Way to go. You also heard Ricky Rubio hitting eight three-pointers. Former Jazz guard had 37 points, 10 assists as Cleveland beats the Knicks. 126-109. If Ricky Rubio could shoot threes, he'd be a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah, and he would have seven rings. <laughs> there you go. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, that that was one of Locke's things, listening to him, talking about the weirdness of daylight savings. <laughs> Rubio, at one point, was six of six from three. Holy freak, Ricky Rubio? <laughs> Ricky Rubio? Yeah, I mean, that's always been his big Achilles heel, is that not being able to shoot from the perimeter. And certainly when he has it going on, because he's good enough in the other aspects of the game. And that's Hence, he's been in the league for so long now. Uh, but on one night, it was going for him. Good for him. When is James Harden going to get it going? James Harden had it going. Nets beat the Raptors 116-103. 28 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists for Harden in the Brooklyn win. I look at Harden's game individually as I look at the Jazz collectively. Too much history to be worried about it continuing. Jazz are seven and three. Brooklyn seven and three. The Washington Wizards are seven and three. They beat the Bucks one hundred one to ninety four. Bradley Beal went for thirty. Had a highlight in there. The Bucks struggling here. They are underwater four and six, losing record through ten games. Why they have a Super Bowl hangover? Okay. <laughs> well, they were injured. 
Talk yes, to me. Uh, talk about uh, they, they didn't even finish, what, top two, top three last year? Talk about a team that doesn't need the regular season. The Warriors have the best record in the NBA right now. They are 8-1. and one. Phillies next at 8-2. and two. Warriors beat the Rockets 120-107. to 107. Warriors have it going right now. Only 20 points for Steph Curry in that one. They didn't need any more from him. 76ers have resumed finding guard Ben Simmons after he uh, missed Thursday's game against Detroit. They plan to continue to find him until he cooperates with team physicians on his mental health and fulfills other basketball-related obligations. His game salary is worth $360,000 per game. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Burrow takes the snap. Play action fake. Back in the pocket. Throws right sideline and picked off. It's Denzel Ward. Into the 35 40. Into the 50. Into the 40. 30. 20. 15. 10. 5. Touchdown. A pick six. Denzel Ward is back. Snap. Spot. Kick from Koo is away. And it is good. And Atlanta is a winner in New Orleans. Third and 10. Jordan Love back quickly. Fires it to the left side. The pass is going to be intercepted. Intercepted on the far side by Legereus Sneed. He plays it perfectly. Quick count, snap to Love. Lofts left side. Got a man wide open. Lazard slotted a defender to the end zone. Touchdown. They give it to Peterson. Running to the left. All day. Yeah. Touchdown. Titans. That's 125 in the career of Adrian Peterson. A weird day in the NFL. Teams that normally you would think have no shot, not only stay close, they pulled off wins. How did Jacksonville beat Buffalo? Nine to six. Well, Josh Allen played well. For Jacksonville. Yeah. That's how they won. Turning the ball over. (laughs) Had Josh Allen sacking Josh Allen. Had Josh Allen intercepting Josh Allen. Had Josh Allen recovering fumbles. A couple of seventh round picks, or seventh picks in the draft. With the same name going at it there. That was a huge upset. Bills fall to five and three. The Broncos up 30 to nothing on the Cowboys in Dallas. Completely lit Dallas up. Bunch of division leaders looking bad. Buffalo now, did looked you bad. Did you people have that game on? No. You idiots. The one time they look good, you don't play them? You don't show them? Jeez. You guys. It, was a, it was a Fox game. Irregardless. What? Did we see it here? Yes. It was on Fox 13. Why didn't you take it? Because it was a Fox game and we're CBS. But you were Broncos down. You told me that for years. We should have had that. They changed the TV deal a couple of years ago. Games get mixed up between networks. So there they you go. They did? What did anybody tell me? Another division leader going down. The Raiders get beat by the Giants 23-16. That's the game that was on the same time. Raider and Bronco fans both had their teams over the air here. You had the NFL ticket. You're a highfalutin guy, so for free. Giants beat the Raiders 23-16. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. That was the problem. Raiders sunk themselves. The Falcons beat the Saints. Saints coming off a big win. They were not in first place, but they had a chance to get in first place. Tied the Bucks, but the Falcons blow a big lead and then kick a last second field goal and beat New Orleans anyway, 27-25. Kicking a field goal as time runs out. Have the Chiefs figured it out, PK? They got back to 500. They got a winning record. They beat the Packers 17-7. Jordan Love 
Threw his first career touchdown, threw his first career interception. The Chiefs blitzed him a lot, and the Packers struggled to move the ball. And What do you expect out of a guy making his first NFL start? No, I expect more than that. I mean, I know he's a local, so you want to make excuses for him, but he's been around for three years. He Come missed on. guys by a lot. I mean, he missed guys by a lot. He was trying back shoulder throws, and they were like five yards off. And you should, that's why I throw front shoulder throws. Yeah, <laughs> the guy wasn't open on the front shoulder. All you right. know the team that's in first place? Mid-shoulder, that, then. The team that's in first place that got the job done was the Cardinals. Short-handed. And they handled the Niners 31-17. That surprised me. And the Niners have surprised me this year from a disappointment level. You know, I, I was surprised that Cole McCoy's been around. He's like a Ty Debra kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And he was in for Kyler Murray. I mean, he's not, he didn't have the college career to that level, but he's had the pro career where he's, okay, he's a backup he can have a job in this league for sure. And they get out to the big lead. I was surprised that the Niners were not more competitive because once I saw that Murray wasn't going to play, and they also had uh, like three or four other guys, Hopkins not playing and and uh, A.J. Green not playing, and a lot of their high power on offense was out. Uh, but it wasn't so much them. It was more that the Niners, I, expe- I have expected more from them this season and they haven't given it to me yet. They started 2-0. They've yeah. gone out and lost 4-5. And if you thought that win in Chicago might have turned things around because they scored against the Bears' defense. But, nope. But it was Brandon Ayuk's best game, wouldn't you say, Yach? Brandon Ayuk looked good, the former Arizona State Sun Devil. Played like that every game. Yeah. They might have something. Right, exactly, because he was a first-round pick, considered a disappointment. But I thought that he was outstanding in a lot of different ways. Brandon Ayuk. In fact, during the game, I was so excited watching him play that for most of the game, I was at home chanting, let's go, Brandon. Oh, all that to get to there, huh? Good. Uh, Ravens, (laughs) I wondered why you cared. The Ravens beat the Vikings 34-31 in overtime. I'm a caring person. That's why I cared. They didn't get caught up in all the division leaders losing to lesser teams. Ravens get it done. They get the win. So Ravens are Titans. Now, by record, the Titans are the best team in the AFC. There's a bunch of AFC teams at 5-3 and and 5-4. and Too many to mention here. But a couple have records that are a little better. Now, the Titans beat the Rams. That's a great win. But the offense didn't exactly look explosive without Derrick Henry. They win 28-16, but they get the pick six, and they got the interception on a horrible throw. uh, Down, horrible decision, down at the two or three yard line. And that got them their first 14 points, got them rolling, and then they win. But can the Titans ride that all year? Or are the Ravens now the favorite? Well, I think the Ravens have been the, been favorite. the favorite, so it doesn't change. Yeah, for you. But I yeah. mean, I, in any one-game deal, it's not like Baltimore is invincible by any stretch. Monday Night Football tonight. You ready for the Steelers and the Bears? Sure. ESPN six fifteen in Pittsburgh. Four and three. They got a winning record. They win this, they'll be right there in that group of teams at 5-3, and 5-4, and four, scrambling for playoff berths in the second half of the season. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. Leading rusher for the Utes. And it's Thomas who carves his way through the Stanford defense into the end zone for a Utes touchdown. Get it right back to Thomas. And Thomas makes no mistake. Number four for Thomas in the first half. Rising in the Utes offense. 
Right back where they started, and goodbye, T.J. Pletcher. Will he be caught? Caillou Blue Kelly unable to touch him. 96 yards for T.J. Pletcher. And the ball is knocked down and into the hands of a Ute at the goal line for a touchdown. Devin Lloyd. The Utes scoring their first two possessions, score touchdowns on five of their first six possessions. They run for 441 yards. Three guys are over 100 yards. The superlatives go on and on, PK. That was remarkably one-sided. Even for people who thought, that six-point line isn't, that, that's not right. The Utes ought to win by more than that. They won by a lot more than that. That was completely, completely overwhelmed Stanford. For sure, yeah. I was glad they did that because I was at a concert Friday night trying to follow it on my phone, and then I turned it off. There's <laughs> nothing to follow here. No, it's out of control. He's handing off, picking up eight yards every time they touch the ball. All right, well, the Utes beat the last place team in the North. Now they get the last place team in the South. Arizona, however, did. It's hot. Yeah, they snapped that, that 20 game losing streak. <laughs> Stanford, or excuse me, Stanford, Cal had half their team out, didn't have their starting quarterback, and Arizona ground out the 10 3 win. So that'll be Saturday at noon on the Pac 12 Networks. DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. BYU's going to keep the offense on the field and go for it on fourth down and three. Algier straight ahead. Touchdown. He's number one in the country rushing touchdowns. He's got 17 in the first one today. Idaho State. Low snap. Picked off. Taken inside the 10. And it's Pepe Tanabasa for BYU. The end zone for Puka. He's got it. Touchdown. A spectacular grab. BYU blowing out Idaho State 59-14. Jaron Hall 20 of 25 for 298 yards and four touchdowns. Could have had even bigger numbers, but they took him out. Play some other guys like they did with a lot of the starters all across the board, both sides of the ball. BYU rolls to a win on senior day, which was also junior day and at least in one case sophomore day. But for guys who are playing their last game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium or potentially playing their last game, they all got the special treatment. Now, bye week, and then trips to Georgia Southern and USC to wrap up the regular season. For the 8 o'clock listener, PK, what have you been told about the postseason? If they have an opportunity to win big and look really good in these next two games, that maybe something can break for them and they can get in the so-called bigger bowl. Now, there's no question the Fiesta Bowl is bigger than the Independence Bowl. I mean, I don't, I don't want to act like every bowl is the same. Uh, I think a lot of them are the same. Uh, but the Fiesta Bowl, well, especially on our side of the country, and maybe over there, I don't know, I don't live on the other side of the country, but on our side of the country, it's recognized as a pretty big bowl. And that would be a nice reward. It's a warm area. It's drivable, blah, blah, blah. Wouldn't hurt for recruiting either. Hey, look at what we can do. Oh, yeah, as an independent? Right. Look what we did as an independent. Now, now we're going to go into this conference. Trying to land the big recruits now, getting ready for Big 12 play right around the corner. Yeah, for sure. And even even kids who don't go on missions uh, right now, you can argue if they redshirt that their entire career would be Big 12. Obviously, the mission kids are going to be Big 12 uh, players. And they go the two years, they'll come back, and they'll already be in the Big 12. So, yeah, they're, they're, there's no question. They're recruiting to Big 12 competition yep. as we speak. So 
And I would love to see that for them. If it's if it's the Independence Bowl, then who, who do you get? Uh, do you get a Big Sky team in there? Who'd they play? I don't think you get the Big Conference Sky. Conference USA? <laughs> who is it? <laughs> well, originally I think it was supposed to be Army, but then Army isn't. If they're not bowl eligible, then it could be anybody. So who knows? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so you'd have to think, wow, if you if you go ten and two, you're eleven and two. Two uh, eleven win seasons back to back. Nice. Forget thirty wins in thirty years, or thirty wins in thirty years. Forget that's, thirty that's wins one year. That's not a big win. deal. Yeah, Arizona's <laughs> like we can, Arizona's like you know if we pick up some speed, we could do that. Do you think you're like thirty Kansas wins State? instead of thirty wins in three years? You could start thinking about thirty three wins in three years. Pile them up. Yeah, I don't know who they're playing off the top of my head next year, but I would suspect that the Cougars will be good again next season. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know, if that's what they want, I hope they get it. And at this point, this is the same thing. You just want the Rose Bowl? I hope they get it. Aggies, uh, I'm not sure. Hawaii or where would they play? Potato? Uh, I don't know. They might go to Arizona. They might go to Boise that got a tie-in with the new L.A. Bowl playing a uh, Pac-12 team in the SoFi Stadium. So That'd be nice, too. Yeah, there are, there are options. Let's get to the Aggies. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. And fake the handoff, wanting to throw again. Looking deep. Has DT wide open. Caught at the 20 to the 15. 10. Walking into the end zone. Devin Tompkins, his second touchdown of the day. And that is a Utah State score. And the Aggies an extra point away from taking the lead. Logan Bonner again with Tyler. Looks right. Throws right. Caught. Derek Wright gets the foot down. Scores the touchdown. They want to throw. The fade to McGriff. Caught. Touchdown. Justin McGriff. Utah State, that was a bad first half. They were down 13-7 at the break, but they won the second half 28-0. So, they go to Las Cruces. They beat New Mexico State 35-13. They improved to 7-2. Logan Bonner ends up throwing for 359 yards and four touchdowns. Bad start, but then order was restored, and we got what we expected. Yeah, that's fine. I'd say slow start. But, I mean, they knew they were going to win that game, and and now uh, San Jose is one of these dangerous teams in this conference. You know, what are you going to get from week to week from these guys? They're not the pushover that, that usually them, not maybe not usually, but a lot of times they, they are. They have been historically. They've had some really bad years, but they're 5-5 five and five right now. They're yeah. capable of beating. Really, the difference between Utah State and San Jose State right now is that Utah State was able to pull out those games right at the end at Washington State and at Air Force. And that's that's the difference. Uh, okay, yeah, in Vegas, and that's the difference between seven and two and four and five, right there. Those three wins. So, Aggies got those. They're in a great spot. They got three weeks to go. They didn't get any breathing room at Boise State. Boise State hammered Fresno State. So, that was a surprise. I know. I wasn't surprised Boise won. No, I agree with you. I thought the game was kind of a toss-up going in there, but that was all Broncos. That was yeah. as good as they've looked. They just dominated. So the Aggies have to keep winning. Boise State's. Got the head-to-head win over him and is right behind him. Aggies and San Jose State Saturday night at 8.30. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. So, coach is getting fired left and right. A lot of coordinators. Florida fired their defensive coordinator. Washington fired their offensive coordinator. Oregon State fired their defensive coordinator. If the team's wobbling or the head coach is in trouble, now is the time, PK. Run the coordinator. 
We got a hire, Yock says. What do we got? Uh, Texas Tech. Yeah, Texas Tech. Apparently going to hire Baylor associate head coach Joey McGuire as the Red Raiders' new head coach. There it is. Madwell's successor. And Baylor loses to TCU, who was uh, without uh, Gary Patterson the first time in a couple decades. 30-28. Yeah. TCU holds on. That was a surprise. Baylor kept trying to come back. TCU. I mean, the two biggest surprises... Uh, certainly that, uh, to me, that was number one surprise, unless I'm missing something. Michigan uh, State losing to Purdue. It wasn't as big a surprise. Because Michigan State was coming off a big emotional win, and they had to play a good team on the road. And Purdue's decent. Right. Yes. I think Purdue's 6-3 and three now with that win. TCU and their coach being out, I would have thought that would have been Baylor all the way. And, I'm, I, and Michigan State had a nice comeback. Uh, and it's still a surprise to a degree, but not as much. Well, that'll shake up, uh, shake up all the rankings there at the top, and we'll see who who slides in and what they do. Now, there were a lot of scares, and our it's team's going to be penalized. Again. Team's going to be penalized for the close win. Cincinnati. Cincinnati's in a no-win situation when they win, because if they have a close loss or close win, we'll see. Yeah. But if they blow you out, we'll see. That team sucks. But is Alabama going to be penalized for twenty to fourteen no. over a lame duck coach? No. Nope. No. Nope. Oregon didn't exactly destroy Washington, but they, destroy they won by anybody. T- they won by ten. Now Jimmy Lake destroyed that one kid on his own team. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Ohio State didn't blow out Nebraska. That was a one possession game in the fourth quarter. Is Ohio State going to be penalized? No, no. And I see, I don't think these teams should be because I think that when you play these top level teams, the other team gets all sorts of fired up. You know, especially if they're they're okay, they're not good, but they're not really bad. So they got some talent, so they can play in a given Saturday, particularly on the road. Their fan or the other team, the higher uh, ranked teams on the road, and so I, I don't have a problem with being penalized with not being penalized on close wins. And it, it's the same thing with Cincinnati too, because Cincinnati is the big dog in their conference. So you have a team like Tulsa. Well, you're going to make a mark if you should be the one to beat them. But Cincinnati will be penalized Tuesday night when the new rankings come out, and Ohio State and Alabama won't be. It's a TV show. It's about entertainment. Also, undefeated Wake Forest got beat by North Carolina, 58-55, a game that featured a gazillion yards. And how many and more times have I points. said should never have a conference opponent as a non-conference game? I don't know how many times you said that. Number zero <laughs> comes to mind. No. Because it's not really an issue. Sanio State's first basketball game in their new arena, lovely arena, been there several times, was against BYU. A conference opponent, that was a non-conference game. Crazy. So BYU at 15 in the college football rankings. Number 13, Auburn lost to Texas A&M 20-3. I would assume BYU catches them. And Baylor lost. Now they're both 7-2, and and Baylor was 12, three spots in front of them. But Baylor's got the win, so I don't know if they'll catch those guys. But they ought to move up at least one spot. We'll see how far Wake Forest falls, too. Oh, I think Wake Forest bottoms out. Yeah. It was just a wait and see for them. Nobody believes Nobody believes you're actually going to do this. Yeah. And when you lose, we're going to hammer you. You have no history. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. 
So Major League Baseball qualifying offer deadline hit with notable players Corey Seager and Chris Taylor from the Dodgers receiving offers, but no offer for Clayton Kershaw. Uh, guys who had opt-out clauses declined to exercise them. Nolan Arenado, Trevor Bauer declined to exercise their opt-out clauses. Well, duh. Duh. Bauer. I know, right? <laughs> uh, if I do this, no one will sign me. He's got $64 million And Arenado's in a good spot in Colorado, why we, or uh, St. Louis now. Why would he want to go anywhere else? Houston Astros are bringing Dusty Baker back for another year. He'll be back to manage the club in 2022. As they should. Cardinals, five Gold Glove Award winners. And they can play the leather, can't they? First, second, third, left, and center. Your guy, Goldie. Paul Goldschmidt, the former Diamondback, gets one. I remember he used to play for the Diamondbacks. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. Less than a minute to go. Miram. Miram. Onto his right foot. Miram! Saved by Amelia. Brody in front over everybody and through the other side. Herrera there to collect it. 30 seconds left in the season. RSL needs a goal for the playoffs. Amelia punches it away. Everton. Mira by. Yes! Demir Krylock! Demir Krylock for the playoffs! 11-16! Final seconds of stoppage time! RSL waited to the bitter end and then got the goal, got the win, and they are headed to Seattle. See their former general managers and their former head coach, Freddie Juarez. On to the playoffs they go with a win at Sporting Kansas City, where, weirdly, they are very good on the road. They have struggled on the road this year, but for whatever reason, year after year, they get good results in Kansas City. I think it's time you said we, but yeah, I mean, listen to your voice. You obviously were just joyous. It was fun. That was the second best moment of your life. <laughs> Probably wasn't even top ten, but thanks. Oh, bull, 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 bull. Well, bull, I could give you a list, but that bull, would make for good bull, radio. Bull, 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 bull. So yes, yeah, a nice playage goal. It's not stoppage. They're actually playage. Doesn't make any sense. Not stoppage. Stoppage. Stoppage by definition means you're done. They're not done. It's playage. But this ball club here, they ought to be in the Pac-12. I can't figure them out. I'm done. Forget it. <laughs> I'm not figuring you guys out anymore. Should have won at home, didn't do it. Should have won at home, didn't do it. Should have lost on the road, didn't do it. Got the win and got in. Go yeah. figure. I'm done. I'm done with you. Knocked out the LA Galaxy with that goal. Both LA teams are going to miss the playoffs. Crazy. Yep. All right, RSL. To Seattle they'll go. They went to Seattle for a playoff game a couple of years ago and got beat. That was uh, that was in the second round. So it'll be an opener, and it's uh, they got an international break here, so it'll be a week off. So a little time after playing five games in 16 days to regroup and get ready for the playoffs. 16th goal of the year for Demir Krylock went off the club record, and that one will be remembered for a long time for RSL fans. That is what is trending. There are the headlines. What is Trending brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Nick Ford, Utah offensive lineman, joins us next. Talk about the blowout win over Stanford and look ahead to Arizona, where they will be 24-point favorites. Blake Anderson's coming up at 930. Nick Ford next. Stay with us. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. 
Brian Fisher with Athlon Sports. It really is there for the huge taking. You know, win or lose in that Pac-12 title game. Uh, you know, we've seen the committee in past years uh, assuming that you know Utah runs the table the rest of the way. And, you know, and is that South representative? You know, frankly, it's, it's really kind of a dream scenario for Utah. You know, in terms of being able to either go to the Rose Bowl and be assured of you know a spot at uh, the granddaddy of them all if they end up winning the, the Pac-12 title, or uh, likely you know, be assured of, of uh, a spot there if, if they lose. Utah fans, you know, they, they might be concerned about uh, potential scenarios, but I think they're they're so unlikely at this point that as long as they take care of business, that they will be fine when it comes to uh, making their way to Pasadena at the end of this year. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ and PK, it's time to bring in Nick Ford, University of Utah offensive lineman. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties to sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit smartrain.net or call 877-346-3333. Nick, good morning. Good morning. So, Nick, is that about as much fun as an offensive lineman can have, running for 441 yards, pancaking guys, blowing guys up? Watch your teammates yeah. run into the end zone? Yeah, no, it, it was a lot of fun for sure. I mean, you know, going out there and doing our job. Um, but, you know, uh, we got to make sure that we keep focused and, you know, don't soak in it too much and, uh, you know, start preparing for Arizona. Your guy's been in this conference living in the uh, L.A. area, so you know a lot about it. Do you think right now you're playing as well as any team in the conference is playing? Uh, I do believe so. I, I believe we're playing as well as any team in the country right now with how we're playing. And I think that uh, if we continue to do our job, good things will happen. And uh, that's, that's what we need to continue to do. So it's been a good run here. There have been a lot of good performances and a lot of good results. Uh, looking back, though, can you explain the Oregon State thing? Because you're right, you're playing at a really high level now. And obviously that night you weren't. Uh, like I said, you know, you can't focus on the past. Uh, you know, we look forward to hopefully seeing them again in uh, December. And, uh, you know, maybe it's them, maybe it's Oregon, maybe it's Washington State. It's a tight race up there. And, um, you know, we still got to focus on what we got going down here to get to that point. So we need to make sure that we take care of Arizona first. Were you surprised at all on how easy it was against Stanford? Three guys running for 100 yards. You blow them out by 45 points. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, they're, they're a good program. They're, they pride themselves on being physical, and uh, that's what we pride ourselves on doing. And uh, we just went out there and did it. And, uh, you know, the end result happened. And, um, yeah. So it's a little thing. It's kind of a footnote. But the Utes won the toss, and Kyle often puts the – he'll defer, which means the defense is going out on the field usually. And – he took the ball and put the offense out on the field. Did that mean anything a little special to you that he had confidence in the offense and gave him the ball right away? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can see that in the recent games as well. He has a lot of confidence in our offense and what we're doing and that we're going to start fast out the gate and go score and, you know, get things rolling. So it's a, it's a great thing. He, he has even said it uh, prior to the game, you know, and, you know, it's just it's a good feeling knowing that uh, uh, Coach Witt has, you know, great respect for his uh, offense now. Because, I mean, he is a, 
you know, great coach, offense and defense, but he loves defense. He's a defensive guy. And, um, you know, that's how it's been for years. But I think he sees, uh, you know, what we're doing on offense, and he definitely has given us the opportunity to, you know, take advantage of that. When the team plays on a Friday night and wins, then how fun is it to have Saturday off? Oh, it was amazing. I got to freaking sleep. <laughs> I, I I had a, a like a hundred and one degree fever during the game, so like I was knocked out Saturday. <laughs> what time do you guys get back in those situations like that and those late games on the road? Shoot, we got. I probably didn't fall asleep till about five thirty in the morning. No, oh, brother. Six. So when you watch the film. Are they well? First off, are you gonna, when you win like that? Do you watch as much film? And if so, are the coaches still going to find mistakes? Because I'd have to look it up. But you're averaging seven, eight, nine yards a carry. I mean, the numbers were massive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, we were still going to go in and watch film and you know correct our mistakes and you know look forward to getting twenty two percent better. And I mean, we went in today. And, you know, there were some minor things, uh, not a lot of things, but there were some minor things and things we can clean up and. You know, plays that went for long distances and everything else, you know, there's still, you know, uh, like maybe it's an improper step, maybe it's whatever. You know, the end result may have been a pancake or a seal block for a touchdown, but at the same time, you want to make sure that you address everything. So, um, you know, the game's a game of football. The football is um, inches and in seconds. So, you know, we've got to make sure every uh, step and movement is not wasted. From a media-slash-fan standpoint, which is what I am, I'm not a player, obviously, for me, the college football season just blows by so fast. And here we are already in November. You got three games left, last road game, I think, and all that. From the player perspective, how fast, if it is even fast, does the season go by? Uh, It goes by ridiculously fast. Season is the fastest time of the year. Winter conditioning is probably one of the longest. Uh, same thing with the summer. And, um, you know, we get into a routine and, um, you know, we wake up sometimes at like 6.30 in the morning and, you know, get back home probably about 7, 8 o'clock. So your days are filled and, you know, you fall back asleep and then boom, it's the next day. And, you know, that kind of happens. And, I mean, just a second ago, I mean, you know, it was winter conditioning and all of a sudden it's season and now season's, like 70, 80% done, 90% done. And, um, yeah, it just goes by really quick. You don't really, uh, you know, realize it till after. And that's one thing they always tell us here ever since my freshman year and ever, like every freshman is, you know, cherish every moment because it goes by and goes by. So some of the moments to cherish. There were a couple in the game. Uh, Pledger breaking off a 96-yard touchdown run. You've told us before that you come to the line of scrimmage. Actually, they had a shot of you during the game, and I saw you doing it. Uh, and you're you're looking not just at you know the D line and the linebackers, but you're checking the secondary. And that shot in the game, you were doing that. Did you know that Pledger was going to have a chance to break a big one on that 96-yard touchdown run, or did that surprise you a little bit? Uh, yeah, I mean uh, the way the box was fitting up and everything. Uh, you know, it was a good box, and we knew we were going to be handed up well. And, um, you know, we were looking in the front side, and that, that safety was the only one sitting there. I said, all right, well, if this safety don't make the play, then it's, it's going to go. And if they make the play, it's going to be about a 10 to 12-yard gain. And, you know, CJ did a great job getting that first 10 to 12 yards and, you know, stiff-arming that safety and making a miss. And, you know, that, that's the ultimate difference because – 
Um, in the past game, it's a little easier to see uh, pre-snap uh, because, you know, you, you'll have somebody who's lower, who's not in the area, and, uh, you know, the route structure's going that way. Uh, but in the run game, it's more, okay, everyone in the box is taken care of. Who's the free hitter? Because there's always going to be a free hitter, whether that's a safety in the open field or a linebacker in the goal line situation. And um, at that point, it's the running back's one-on-one job to take care of that. And if the running back takes care of it, it's going to happen exactly like TJ's run happened. You talk of how when you're a freshman, you're told by the upperclassmen, juniors and seniors, to cherish this because it does go by fast. And you wonder if you're a freshman and you seem like three or four or five years down the road seems forever. And then when you get there and you look back, you realize it's not forever. It was almost like metaphorically overnight. At what point did you, along the timeline, realize, hey, this thing does really go by fast? Uh... Dude, I probably realized that probably like my wrestler, sophomore wrestler year, uh, back in like 19, uh, especially 19, because I came in with a lot of older boys, like Lo Falamaka, Loco Otafe, Lonnie, um, shit, I was here with Lowell and Swift, and, you know, by about 2019, all my, you know, original friends were gone. Yeah. It was an entire new team, an entire new d- dynamic, like just the type of people who were around. I was like, dang, man. Like, <laughs> I got in here, and I was looking at them like, oh, man, y'all are some old heads. Like, y'all are the last of your kind in about two, three years. Like, I'm like, hold on. I'm the old head now. <laughs> and now, especially because I look at them out, and, you know, a lot of my boys who came in with me, class of 17, John Penasini, Marquise Blair, um, you know, people like that. And, you know, they're, they're gone. They're, they're playing. Jalen Johnson. There's just, yeah, I've seen a lot of people come and go. And, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an old guy now. Yeah, there you go. So that would uh, maybe give you a little perspective of what coaches are thinking. You know, Kyle's been there so long. He was the head coach for guys who are 35, pushing 40. He's assistant coach, and there are guys who played for him who are 45 or pushing 50. Yeah, no, that's. That's freaking insane. I mean, everyone knows Coach Witt's been at it for a long time. There's definitely a bunch of other guys who've been at it for a long time, too. And, you know, I mean, I for sure know they, they like, they know they've been around for a while. The guys you just mentioned, Penasini and uh, who was it? I already forgot. Uh, Jalen Johnson oh, and Blair. All those guys, as you say, they're NFL guys. Uh, with last year being a non-counting year as far as the eligibility clock, uh, uh, what are your thoughts as far as you potentially moving on to the NFL? Uh, there's a good there's a good chance, you know, but uh, I I I don't want to look forward. To the future, I need to take care of business now. If I take care of business now, you know it's going to be good for me, and I'll have the opportunity to go. And if I, you know, get lost and you know the headlights and keep looking forward, then I'm going to be, you know, not stuck in a bad way, but you know, just like not have that ability to go there. So I know ultimately I got to get my job handled like here before I even think about doing anything else. Well. You guys are huge favorites over Arizona, but how do you make sure guys don't look past Arizona to a huge game with Oregon 
because Jacksonville just beat Buffalo. I mean, if something like that can happen, then anything can happen in a football game. How do you make sure the guys aren't looking ahead? You're a team leader and probably have to set that tone. Uh, just simple. It's just leading by example and, you know, working. Everyone's out here working. Everyone's, you know, watching film already, watching film on Arizona, getting ahead. Um, <clears throat> that's the main thing, um, especially for leaders, is, you know, uh, like me, Devin Lloyd, Nephi, Cam, Covey, Mika, we're all, you know, going to take it serious because it is a one and all week every single week. So, you know, we need to come into the building and watch the film we need to watch. And on top of that, you know, we need to um, go ahead and get out on the field, go in the weight room and, you know, grind like it's fall camp. And uh, we continue to do that, then, you know, everyone else will follow along. Mostly night games, but this is going to be a noon start. What are your thoughts about that? Say again? Mostly, you play mostly night games, but this is going to be a noon start in Tucson. What do you think about that? I love it. You're going to get to wake up and get out there and get going. It'll be fun for sure. Yeah, you get home and be asleep before 530 in the morning. Yeah, really, too. that's so got, a big one. You got that going for you. Yeah, no, the formula is like you, on average, when you start the game, it's about eight to nine hours after you start is when you'll be in bed. Nick, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes. Congrats on the win against Stanford, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you. You guys stay safe. Nick Ford, University of Utah offensive lineman. Nine hours. Hey, be home by 9 o'clock. How unusual is that? I think that's awesome. The road. I mean, I think it's the way it should be, but obviously it's not the way it is, and it's not the way it's going to be. No. But it's good to to have the Cats suck to where – they don't want you. I had somebody had told me uh, weeks ago, oh, that'll be a day game because there's just not, not enough eyeballs for Tucson and Salt Lake City mm-hmm. for the networks. Nothing to do with the football program. It's just the way it they is. They would have to have, have great seasons going to want that game. Yeah. And obviously Arizona wasn't going to have a great season going. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah State football coach Blake Anderson is here at 9.30. Stay with us. The new zone lineup is here. With the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Keery and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6. Live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Less than a minute to go. Miram. Miram. Onto his right foot. Miram! Saved by Amelia. Brody in front over everybody and through the other side. Herrera there to collect it. 30 seconds left in the season. RSL needs a goal for the playoffs. Amelia punches it away. Everton. Miram back. Yes! Demir Twilock! Demir Twilock for the playoffs! Number 16! Final seconds of stoppage time! That's a Chevy Strong play of the game. Demir Krylock sending RSL into the playoffs, knocking the LA Galaxy out and beating Sporting Kansas City all at once. Know that today at 4.50, unrivaled, you'll have a chance to win fabulous prizes. Was that your greatest moment? 
As a play-by-play guy? Uh, as a play-by-play guy. Uh, no, Not you as a human being. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, earlier you said it was the wow, greatest moment of life. Joking. No, you weren't. You were deadly serious. <laughs> I, I, UC Your Santa best Barbara. Call? You, no, I'm being serious. UC Santa Barbara has won. Well, as a play-by-play guy, yeah. <laughs> UC Santa Barbara has won one NCAA tournament game ever. And I got to call it. In basketball. Yeah, in basketball. And it went right down to the end. They were up by two and defending and got a steal and they won the game. They beat Houston, the Cougars. Okay. And it went by four. And what year was that? 1990. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, they beat UNLV at what UNLV. A pathetic life if your work moment is the best moment. Yeah, life. I know. Well, you're the one who brought it up. I, I thought you were going back joking to before. Okay. That I mean, that is as a play-by-play moment. That is right up there. A whole season and a sport that has very few goals, and you have to conjure one up in the final thirty seconds to go to the playoffs, and you do it. Hence the question. Yes, that was. I mean, that was that was an awesome moment. That was. I would have thought incredible, and and you get to know the people you're covering, um, and you just did. We did the one interview with them, and you were kind of taken with with uh, with Pablo Mastrani, the interim coach. You got the Arizona ties and the same high school and all that stuff, and he went to NC State, and so you go to NC State. He was there in the '90s, and you know Jim Valvano is just a legend, right? I, I can't imagine. It's like you going to cover BYU games and seeing the Danny Ainge shot a million times. He's seen Jim Valvano run around the pit a million times. He's running up and down the sideline looking for somebody to hug. Grab Good the, thing he found you. Grab the ball. <laughs> he did not find me. <laughs> Grab the ball. That's what he found eventually was the, the ball that was waiting for a throw and sitting on the pedestal there on the sideline. All right, know that today. 450, unrivaled, and you can win fabulous prizes. Coming up, a crazy weekend in the NFL. We can get to that. The Jazz dropping a couple games over the weekend in Florida. What does it say about the Jazz? And we got Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach, at 9.30. Stay with us. Purchase the Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming Jazz game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream starting as low as $30 per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat tickets now. Got a lot of people weighing in on the stuff we're talking about this morning, PK, and I know we get to it in the last segment, we will, but there is plenty here. Some juicy takes that could power a couple of segments, so we're going to get to them. <laughs> How good are the Utes now? How good is this team right now? Dale says, a good team. Not 14th ranked and undefeated in the pack like another team in the state, but still not bad. Well, we should cut up. Maybe we can do it for tomorrow. Uh, Nick Ford just said, I think we're uh, playing as well as anybody in the country. He did. Average homeboy says they they're good. They look like the second best team in the state. Good. Plenty of BYU fans enjoying this question. Well, yeah, if you're BYU, you should. Man, they beat you a decade in a row there, and now you got them, and you're having your second uh, really good season in a row, and you're getting kids, five star cornerbacks from Colorado, Florida, I should say. As I run through another 48 more states before I get there. <laughs> West <laughs> and, Virginia. And they're, Vermont. And they're there considering and BYU Final Five with Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. 
Oh, oh. <laughs> what was that noise? Oh, man, it's inaudible. Un-understandable. Un, un, un and so, yeah, if I'm a cougar, I'm, I'm loving it. David says the real question is, how bad is Oregon? I don't think they're bad. You can't be bad if you're 8-1. And, and, you know, and they do have the Ohio State win. That's what's keeping the conference afloat. National perspective-wise, the only thing going for the conference is the Ohio State win. Other than that, that's it. You got a bunch of three, four, and five lost teams. You and this week we've got Oregon State's defensive coordinator, Washington State's off or uh, Washington's offensive coordinator. So it's Washington's OC, Oregon State's DC, getting fired in the season with a few yeah. games left. That just reeks of desperation. And then you've got. The Washington State situation there with their COVID and the coaches. You got ASU, three coaches suspended. Their defensive coordinator uh, a couple weeks back, I don't know when he did it, but it was discovered he moved, he removed all references to ASU from his Twitter account. And somebody noticed it and it became news mm-hmm. there. And it was that he's. Uh, forbidden or prohibited from recruiting off campus. So you got you got drama at Washington, Washington State, Oregon State, Arizona State, USC fired their coach. <laughs> so that's five. And then for sixteen, you got Oregon, who just snapped a twenty loss. Arizona, or excuse me, Arizona just lost twenty in a row. Snapped that streak. Yeah, there's good news everywhere. The only thing going for the conference is they beat Ohio State. That's it. There's nothing else that's positive. From Now, Utah's saying, wait a second. Yeah, but they're not looking at you. You're not even ranked, which I think is ridiculous. Others but, receiving votes, both coaches. But you are 6-3. and three, Coaches and media. And I don't know how many people are paying as close attention as we are. They aren't. They absolutely aren't. Or not. Okay, that's but, not, probably not a good comparison, but are playing, paying close enough attention to realize this team is really good. They, made, they screwed up on the quarterback. But since then, they've only had one loss. But even that loss looks bad. I mean, at the time, Oregon State looked like, hey, you're running the ball well. That's a good win. No, but then they're going to lose the friggin' Colorado. Yep. I know. I know. What a mess. Yeah. It's ridiculous. This conference is an absolute, I don't want to say joke. That's too far to go. Too strong. How it's about the- it's a mess? It's just mediocre. It doesn't take a lot of imagination to look at the next three weeks of games, and there's a scenario there where Oregon wins out and everybody else in the league has five losses. And if Oregon wins out, they that's beat the Utes twice. That, but that's yeah. all that matters. If you get a team in the playoff, you get a team in the playoff, you get a team <laughs> in the playoff. I mean, that's all we've heard about for years. Yep. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? So if Utah uh, beats Oregon here in a couple weeks... Then you're going to conference championship weekend already knowing that the ACC and the Pac-12 are out. Out! Which I think is going to happen. Somebody's going to get Oregon. I, well, I don't know somebody. I think it's Utah. Oh, I but think Washington Utah State gets bust. the first chance. And you thought Washington State was pretty good and you just were lucky to get them without their quarterback. I think they're capable of winning. Yeah. 
They're good. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with you. I, you're right. I did. I, we're both going to pick Oregon, but we're both going to watch the game because they're they capable big, of doing they got it. Got big clip, big play capability. I like Delore. He's a Brett no, Favre kind of a right. player. And 28 or 30 points could yeah. beat Oregon. And then how about the Utes, man? They get three games against second-string quarterbacks. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Washington State. Yeah. And UC Los Angeles UCLA and now Stanford. And now Stanford. Yeah. And, and they would have won the Stanford game anyway. I they mean, they, 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 I mean, they could have won all three. They, they averaged yeah. almost 10 yards of carry. Ooh, well, the Washington State game. They, I said could have. They yeah, could have. I, don't, I, I think if Delora plays, they're in trouble there because they just fumbled oh, the ball too much. Oh, look at you. They fumbled the ball too much. Don't <laughs> be a homer. You believe it too. You're just trying to make fun of me. That's not true. They fumbled the ball a lot and barely won the game. They made clutch plays in the last five or six minutes to win that game. But I, I don't know that they would have won. And and for good measure, I could throw in Borgie was out too. He went out early in that mm-hmm. game. He did. So they got a completely, totally watered down Washington State team. And they'll get Arizona, which is on its third string quarterback. But Arizona and Stanford could have their first string quarterback, and Utah wins going away anyway. And, and I don't know that they win going away against UCLA, but they win against UCLA. I don't know. Actually, I think that would be the toughest of the opponents. Oh, really? Even tougher than Wazoo? Yes. Because of the way the Wazoo game went. That's what I believe. Mm. But I have no way of proving it. Yeah. I, I think, would have said Washington State. I think the Bruins with DTR would have given them a, uh, a much more difficult game. But if I, I, want, to, I totally believe that. I just don't think that Well, I mean, a much more difficult yeah. of all the opponents that they've played who had the quarterbacks out. But at the same time, I think the Utes are, each week are clearly getting better, and they got Washington State early. And I've said this many, many. I've said it a thousand times. And so this, is, is a lot the, of times it matters when, not who. The Utah, yes. The Utah offensive line, I think, has fixed its problems. I don't think they'll go backwards. The defensive line, I'm not sure about. Well, they're young. Yeah. Can they be pushed around? And they got to get Can they be pushed around again? Because uh, Oregon runs the ball. They run it well. They got the quarterback. The, 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 the passing game is just there to hit on a couple of big plays. Yeah, but they're at the same time, Verdell is out, and he's an explosive running back. Now, that's no knock against Die because Die is a good explain, running yeah, back. Right. But uh, you want the both of them, and they don't have the both of them, so they're a little bit watered down themselves. And I believe that's the type of team Utah wants to play, probably anybody wants to play, is a team that doesn't have necessarily a big-time explosive offense capable of putting up 40 as soon as they say that, they're going to score forty. But I don't think that's the. I don't think that's possible next uh, Saturday in twelve days that Oregon comes in here and puts up forty. So you know Utah is going to be in the game. There's just no doubt in my mind. I'd be shocked if they lost by ten or more points, unless there was some special teams or some defensive scores that uh, askew the final total. But that's how I see it. But this conference is just not good. The stench of Larry Scott is still there. <laughs> Larry doesn't have to wear all of this. <laughs> Why not? Because other people have made mistakes along yeah, the way. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. because If a team wins the first year, oh, he had so-and-so's players, blah, 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 and this and that, and then wait uh, three years. Or in the case of uh, Jed Fish at Arizona, well, he had Kevin Sumlin's players. What do you expect? <laughs> they sucked. Yeah. And then 
through no fault of Fish's own, his top two quarterbacks go down with season-ending injuries. That derails the season quicker than anything. Losing your first two quarterbacks and you got to play a third one. Yeah, when you're down to your third string quarterback, it's uh, the ice is pretty thin. Yeah. And Tucson, they don't even get ice. Draper U <laughs> tweets at us, how good are the Utes? Yet to be determined. Unstoppable against the Stanford team who didn't want to be there Friday. But we'll know more in two weeks. Well, they had to be there. That's where they lived. <laughs> where else were they going to be? You know what I mean? Out of town for the weekend. You're in Palo Alto. In, Where are you going to go? Up in the city. No, you can go tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised they rolled over him that bad, even without McKee. Paul says the Utes are going to get destroyed by Oregon. Destroyed. Paul's a cougar, and he wants that to happen desperately. <laughs> uh, but see, if I'm a cougar, which I am, I would take... Some sort of, I don't know if solace is the word, but some sort of pleasure in the fact that you go to the Rose Bowl in the season we beat you. How just crazy is that? We lose you all these years, and either in November in the regular season or December, the huge gag, when they're right on the cusp, the precipice of a childhood dream. November, December, right there, and they yeah. can't get her done. And they don't get it done. And then the one year you beat them, and beat them by their own acknowledgement, beat them up, that's right out of Kyle's mouth himself, they go to the Rose Bowl. Wouldn't there be some sort of pleasure? Now, I get if you're a BYU fan, you don't want them to go to the Rose Bowl, but that's out of your control. And if they should happen, I mean, they literally could go with a five-loss team and be the year that you administered one of the four teams that beat them because if they have five losses, that means Oregon's beating them twice because it would be the shocker of all shocks if they lost to Arizona or Colorado. <laughs> you go to their first Rose Bowl. Maybe win there. Win the, win the Rose Bowl. And BYU can always say they beat the Rose Bowl team. That would just keep the rivalry jet fuel burning. Yeah, I recall one year Ute fans saying that, was it Urban's uh, first year? Didn't didn't they, or maybe it was when Mac was towards the end, they beat Oregon, and Oregon won the Rose Bowl? I, I, I have a vague memory of Ute fans talking oh, about that. Oh, that was, that was uh, the 94 Ute team that won 10 games, beat Oregon. Oh, so Oregon. it was way and back or- when. Yeah, and Oregon went to the Rose Bowl, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were excited about that. Yeah, they. I think they went up there and won like the third game of the season or something like that. Uh, so, yeah. So that would be fun to say for sure. Yeah, you beat them and and they they went to the Rose Bowl and had fun. Devil fans said that a couple years ago. You beat Oregon, and Oregon went on and and went to the Rose Bowl and Herbert. I think they won that game, didn't they? Uh, when he was. Uh, the year, the year before he went to the pros. So that would be kind of crazy. You finally beat them, and then they turn around and get there. But I'm hoping, for the conference sake, I'm hoping, I'm hoping they at least split with Oregon. Well, that would be a kick in the teeth to beat Oregon here and then lose to them in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After you finally you, you beat You beat him, team. you got the over, overhand. You wrecked the Pac-12 to the playoff narrative. But then Oregon wins, gets the Rose Bowl, and now you lose the conference title game, so you're getting shuffled off to Alamo or wherever. I assume it would be the Alamo yeah, again for the second bowl game in second a row. Second time in 
three years. And you didn't go bowling last year. So, yeah, it would be the second time in three years. You went down there. You got worked by Texas. Uh, I assume you would get, I don't know who you get, Baylor maybe, uh, if Oklahoma wins wins the conference, which we assume they're going to. Uh, so, yeah. So the Alamo Bowl would be reduced to disappointment for both teams. <laughs> disappointment Bowl. That's what some of those bowls are turning into. Yeah. When you get the losers of the conference title games. First goal is to go to the playoffs. Second goal, well, win your conference title. If you don't get picked in the beauty pageant, so be it. But the goal all year is to win the conference and you don't do it. How big a hangover are you left with? It seems to be getting bigger all the time because what happens is you don't even have the team anymore because the star players are not going to risk injury. And so anybody who's going to the NFL, they are out of there. So you think Cam Rising sits it out? (laughs) (laughs) I would expect Cam would play. Why? But at this point, I can't really rule it out. I can't guarantee anything. This is his third year. He's eligible for the draft. Yeah, he might need to play a few more games in college. I don't know if he has the Why? body of work. Oh, get out. Sanchez at SC had barely played. He was a first-round pick. Now he's a great announcer. Mm-hmm. That no would, one for the butt fumble. That, that would be my point. Well, but the point was, though, but he that is there, the point. But he got the there point and is he if played you're not in good AFC enough, title games. Then you need to go as soon as possible. See if you can fool somebody. Yes. And <laughs> get the money. Yes. Leinert goes after but his that's junior what, year. That's not what he guys gets think. picked way higher. Yeah, he oh, makes more money. He's one or two instead of ten. Yeah. He slipped, without question. I, I think he would have been one, but I, I can't remember, so I can't guarantee It's that, all about but, the yeah. cash, man. Show that's, me the money! That's why you're making that decision but in the first place. Think of the NIL money he could make next year. Cam? Or anybody? Cam. Oh, come on. It's not... It's nowhere, no, nowhere close to an NFL salary. No, no. It's good money, but it's not close to an NFL salary. Yeah. And you're better off going now and get picked later because if you suck... Well, nobody knows if you're good or not because you don't play. Get the Jordan Love, sit there for a year and a half waiting for a game. Precisely, Josh Rosen goes to a crappy team and is gone. He He's but out man, of the he, league. I'm he shocked. Bounced, he bounced from one team to another to a third, and then that's it. He was a, Yeah, he's, he's the Jake Heaps of the NFL. Is he not? Three strikes and you're out. He goes to, to Arizona with like the 10th or 12th pick or something. They play him. He doesn't look good enough. They take Murray the next year. In fact, he sucks so bad, the Cardinals got the number one pick. The best thing that the Cardinals did with drafting Josh Rosen is taking him, having him suck, so then they get the number one pick the next year to draft Murray. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no Kyler Murray without oh. a... Bad Josh Rosen. He bounced. Uh, he bounced more than I knew. Yeah, so I, Miami I knew, and Arizona, Miami. I knew. Yeah. And San Francisco, but he was on the Bucks roster in the off season. They took a look at him. Never mind. And he is. He's not out of the league. He's in Atlanta now. Buried somewhere behind Matt Ryan. Is he on the roster? He's on the active roster. He's the backup. He's the backup. No. Matt, Matt Ryan plays all the time. It says, it says right, I'm looking at it here. They, they lost A.J. McCarron to a torn ligament in his knee for the year, and they signed And A.J. McCarron's girlfriend they lost, too, Brent Musburger. Yep. <laughs> You'd love to bring that up, man. All right, DJ PK, Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach, is going to join us next. Stay with us. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it.
Brian Fisher with Athlon Sports. It really is there for the huge taking. You know, win or lose in that Pac-12 title game. I mean, we've seen the committee in past years uh, assuming that you know, Utah runs the table the rest of the way and, you know, and is that South representative. You know, frankly, it's, it's really kind of a dream scenario for Utah You know, in terms of being able to either go to the Rose Bowl and be assured of you know, a spot at uh, the granddaddy of them all if they end up winning the, the Pac-12 title or uh, likely you know, be assured of, of uh, a spot there if, if they lose. Utah fans, you know, they, they might be concerned about uh, potential scenarios, but I think they're, they're so unlikely at this point that as long as they take care of business, that they will be fine when it comes to uh, making their way to Pasadena at the end of this year. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. It's time to welcome in Utah State football coach Blake Anderson. Coach, good morning. Good morning. So, Coach, a tale of two halves. Is that just Newt Rockney at halftime in there? You just you break out your best stuff? <laughs> well, I, I let them know I wasn't happy. Um, honestly, really just, guys, we got to wake up. I, I was worried about it all week going in. I've been there uh, a bunch uh, through my career and, and knew what to expect and tried to explain it to our guys as best I could. One in seven team. Really tough place to get to, and you got to travel through and uh, El Paso to get there. You're on the bus; it's in the middle of nowhere. You get there, and it's empty, and it was super hot. We've been practicing at about 45, 50 degrees every day. It was 80 on Saturday, and it just basically everything you want to give us a chance to come out and play sloppy, which is exactly what we did early. Uh, and, and then they responded in a huge way. Third quarter. I mean, three and outs and, and, and straight, you know, straight drives down to the, to the end zone and scoring touchdowns and not settling for field goals. We responded, but, man, it was frustrating to start. If you want to go positive, is there something to be said that, well, you tried, but at the same time you can't BS these kids so you can straight talk them because they got enough street snorts to know that you're playing a 1-7 team. And we probably don't need to have our A-plus effort. I know that's not what you want, but if you step back and think, well, at least they know what's real, and maybe that can help you interact with them. I'm trying to reach for something positive here, Coach. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't think you you can make every team to be out, you know, the best team on your schedule. I think they're smart enough. There's too much information out there. You watch the tape. You see it. You see the record. like opponents that we've played and how they've responded to those like opponents. But it's just too much information. If I come in there and try to make every team to be out to be the best team in the country, I'm going to lose credibility. So I was very honest with them about what to expect. Uh, We're the better team going in physically. It shows on the tape. It shows on the record. But it is our responsibility to go there and play to our standard, not to the opponent. And it's not that we went and played without good effort. We just didn't play good ball. We, We made some really silly mistakes early it was sloppy and i think it took us a little while to to get used to just how hot it really was it was it was ridiculously hot compared to what we've been in here recently and um we just didn't respond real real well but but as the second quarter later in the second quarter you started to see it turn in the third and fourth quarter played played lights out the way we could have and should have played the whole game and you know, there's a responsibility. I told them there's a responsibility for me telling you the truth that you know what we're up against and you got to go play our best ball because we need to get better this week. Uh, there's a lot riding on the, the, the last three weeks of the season and we need to improve. And, um, 
didn't do it early, but definitely did some things down the stretch of the game that was, was good to see. So you do have a lot at stake here the last three weeks. Uh, the division title is out there. If you win out, it's yours. You don't need any help. You just got to go win and go do it. And the San Jose team, uh, you're in the spot you're in, not the spot they're in, because you've won some close games right at the end at Washington State and Air Force, the UNLV game later. Uh, you, you could easily be sitting on four or five wins. They're five and five. Do you think the guys will look at the record, the scores, and the video and, and get a different message as they prep for the Spartans? Well, I think they have a healthy respect for this crew, and they know that they got the quarterback back. You know, they were able to watch the second half of that game against Nevada the other night and see it. We got back in time to watch the whole second half. Already, already hear a bunch of guys just in the building. They they know what we're up against. Uh, we'll go in as an underdog, I'm sure. Now they got their quarterback back. They've got a great defensive front. They won the league a year ago. Every reason that I would expect to go in there. Uh, with them favored to win on a late late Saturday night game and and kind of everything stacked against it, so I I, I think um, completely different environment than what we just what we just came out of. They know how good this team is and that the record's a little bit deceiving because they played through some big injuries and, and and did not have their quarterback until this past week, and that changes a lot for them because he is a phenomenal player. Yeah, he certainly is. No question about that. You got Tyler back in there after having some injury issues. He didn't have a lot of carries. I think he went at seven or eight or something like that. Uh, what do you expect as far as his health going forward? You know, he's fine. Uh, he he cramped up, to be honest, the other day. He didn't pull anything, nothing that will keep him out. Just, uh, again, has not gotten a lot of reps, didn't hydrate really, really well going in. I think the heat got everybody by surprise. It was it was much hotter than and anticipated, I think. Um, you know, it's one thing to look at it, what you see it says it's going to be on paper, another thing to go feel it, and, and then to uh, to go out and just kind of have your body respond. But he's fine. I, I thought what snaps he got were really, really effective. Uh, he'd love to have one drop that he that he missed uh, back, but, but he ran the ball really, really well. His legs look fresh. We just got to get him ready to go on Saturday night, and we'll need him to do so because we've got to keep them off balance, and we've got to be able to uh, – to run the ball and, and stay ahead of the chains against this front because they can rush the passer as good as anybody we've seen this year. Cannot be off schedule against San Jose. Utah State football coach Blake Anderson joining us. Do you think at this point in the season you've seen everything that people can throw at Devin Tompkins and everyone knows what the deal is now regardless of what a defense tries to do to stop him? Well, the best thing we're doing is moving him around all over the field so it makes it really difficult to to try to you know double him and bracket him you just don't know where he's going to be next he's clearly super super skilled and, and and loves to compete for the ball and play it play it above the rim i think also the fact that a lot of other guys are making huge catches you're getting that out of Derek right you're getting it out of brandon bowling we got two huge catches out of kyle van lewin and and mcgriff so it's not like he is the only guy catching the ball. Obviously, his numbers are through the roof, and he's gonna he's gonna try to give you everything he's got every week. But I think the ability to move him around and to not know where he's gonna be next, and the fact that everybody else uh, can step up and make plays if you really commit all your time and energy to to Tompkins, you're giving up other things. Uh, you know, I, I believe it allows us to keep him as involved as as we have, and uh, I was surprised that how they played him this week. I don't know that they just 
felt like they didn't have any other options, but uh, but really put him in a lot of one on ones, and, and clearly when you do that, he's he's gonna he's gonna hurt you. Twenty years ago, exactly this season, I was a beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune, and my assignment that year was Utah State. And they had a kid named Kevin Curtis. I'm sure you've heard of him, and he yep. was he was a smaller guy, but he played in the NFL. Now, uh, Tompkins is small, even smaller than uh, Curtis, but man, the numbers he's putting up, uh, even though the size, I don't think is obviously going to work in his favor. Is he viewed as an NFL guy? Yeah, I think he's got a future at the next level in the right system at the right place. I think the more we expand his special teams role, which we'll continue to do, um, you know, he, he's he's so versatile in terms of what he can uh, he can handle football IQ wise. So he can be anywhere on the field. Not everybody's gonna, you know, not every program up there is gonna look for a small guy or take a small guy. But there are a lot of guys his size or around his size that are on roster still in in finding value in the NFL. So it's gonna take the right place. He's going to need to stay healthy. Uh, you know, he's got another year under his belt next year, and we can just continue to expand and work on his role. Uh, I think there's a ton of things that that he can do at the next level if if he just continues to show consistency. He's done a great job of of opening to everybody's eyes at that level. They are they are really excited about what he's doing. You know, obviously he's got to overcome the size, but there are there are some guys up there playing that are around the, the same size as Devin, and, and I think that plays into his favor. Were you surprised by how thoroughly Boise State beat Fresno State in Fresno? I was. Now, you know, you turn the ball over like Fresno did, and, and it happens to anybody. We, we uh, you know, we, we've, we've been victim of that before. And, and when you look at some, some key uh, upsets, I guess, but I don't know that you consider that an upset. I mean, playing on the road, obviously, you would anticipate Fresno to, uh, to play better uh, at home than they did. And um, the quarterback has had such a good year and protected the ball. Uh, was surprising me that they turned the ball over and that the game got away that late. I was expecting it to be a one-possession type game, but I knew that Boise was more than good enough to win it. And, and they, they did just that. So uh, in that sense, not a huge surprise, but the way they won it, uh, I didn't expect Last couple of games have been off the radar as far as the regular television opportunities. Now you're back on, uh, as you always spoke about that. Uh, how important is that for recruiting? It's huge. Anytime you can put the brand out there and the logo that is going to get seen by a lot of folks, it just helps us continue to build the recruiting footprint. Uh, we, if we play well, which we have in those environments all year, I think uh, more and more, you know, t- televisions are turned our way, and heck, it doesn't have to be TVs anymore. You can watch it on your phone and everything else. So uh, it'll be one of the last games on. There'll be a lot of people asleep probably on the East Coast, but hopefully in the central part of the United States and West Coast, uh, a lot of eyes on the game. It means a lot to both teams. They're in a they're in a playoff scenario. Do or die. Can't afford to lose one. We need to we need to make sure and take care of our business so so we don't need help uh, to get into the game. So there's a lot riding on it. Should be a great game. Two good football teams. Well, it looks like a big old construction zone because it is a big old construction zone. So keep everybody focused between the sidelines and the goal lines and don't worry about all the bizarreness around you there. It'll be an intriguing game. We're looking forward to it, Coach. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for joining us. There's the head coach, Blake Anderson. He's taking Utah State out to San Jose State. they got three games left. If they win them, they're in the Mountain West Conference title game. Get her done. And they'll be heavy favors against the say, Lobos, so yeah. it's the two games you're really thinking about because we're assuming that they'll handle, handle New Mexico in the season finale. 
I think it'll be Wyoming too. Yeah. Two last place teams. This is easily the toughest of the three games on paper. And to this point, you get on the wrong side of the turnover thing, anything can become a game. Well, that quarterback, what's his name, Starkle? I mean, he's he's good. He's good. He saw that last season. When he's right. Yeah, this is his third program. Yeah. What was it? Arkansas? What was the other program? Texas A&M. A&M, that's right. Yeah. So those are names that jump out at you. And they had their big season last year, and and he's been injured, but he's back. And so I, I view this game as a toss-up. I have no idea what the line is, but I view it as a toss-up. He knew, and he was right. Spartans are favored. Four and a half. Okay, I still view it as a toss-up. Yeah. Well, four and a half, that's still a one-play game. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now for the $59 furnace tune-up. They got a special $59 furnace tune-up special, or you can visit them online at leesheatac.com. Your feedback, next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. PK, we are really getting sick and tired of you being off your medications. Yeah, BYU is having a great year, but you know what? Give it a rest, will you, please? (laughs) Give it a rest, will you? No! I've waited my whole life for this year. I'm running my cougar flag right up the flag uh, pole. In fact, in my house, my cougar flag is an ultra big flag. Well enunciated. <laughs> Retail places that get the ultra big flag to what? call it the ultra big flag. <laughs> That's an edited version. <laughs> because we cannot rerun what I said one time by accident. Oops. Although I think that means cigarette in other parts of the country. It does. Our, our world, I mean, world, world, world. Which is it's funny how one word can mean something here, yep. but not even come close to meaning something. Oh, there yeah. There's a word that we use here all the time that if you use in Australia, we'll stop all the conversation in the room and cause everyone to stare at you very uncomfortably. And what is that word? Root. Oh, root. It means, uh, you know. <clears throat> Down there, it's an honor code violation. Where? Down there. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Down there. Down there. Down uh, Melbourne way. Down Sydney way. Yeah, I'd say that to Joe Ingles. He'd be like, yeah, don't be saying well, that. Well, that's why you that, planted, when you went to Australia for the Olympics, you planted your roots down there, didn't you? The what, huh? <laughs> Time for your feedback. <laughs> Fit38 tweets at us, I don't know what happened at Oregon State, but I think the Utes are going to win the conference. Okay. Reasonable. Off the question of the morning, Utah obliterates Stanford. How good is this team now? Oregon State's just one of those head scratchers. Scratch the head, then dismiss it and move on. Head scratcher. <laughs> well, Stanford beats Oregon. Head scratcher. Move on. Oregon beats Ohio State. Head scratcher. Move on. Although, doesn't it kind of fit that Ohio State's played a lot of close games this year and one got away from them? And you say the same thing yeah, about Oregon State. Yeah, but not Stanford. without uh, the, uh, what's his face, uh, the big defensive end, Thibodeau. That was a surprise. That, that's just true. Missing him is a, that's a game. It's you would think it's a game changer. Yeah, and yet they won anyway. So this is a mystery, PK. Let's fill in the mystery, shall we? Caden says. Caden tweets at uh, the Laughing CPA. 
No worries, BYU will lose to USC, guaranteed. So I click on it to see the earlier parts, the earlier thread in the conversation here, and it doesn't exist. So I don't know what got said. No worries, BYU will lose to USC, guaranteed. Everything else has been blown out. Can't read it. Right now, it doesn't look like they'll lose to USC, but I can't guarantee that. Cougar fans going to go down there and take over that place? I remember the uh, Niners and the Rams played there while the Rams, had, when they had moved, but they were waiting for SoFi Stadium to be finished. And the Niners, it looked like they turned out like 40,000 fans for the game. <laughs> it, was all, it was all red. Will it be all blue now yeah. that the building's all red? Yeah, I don't Cougar think it'll be all blue. What would be interesting is that the Trojans might very well be fighting for bowl eligibility, and do they want bowl eligibility? Well, last year, everybody got to uh, say no to bowls if they wanted. I suppose they could still do that. Yeah, that'd be real interesting because coaches, they, you'd think they'd want more time to uh, round up jobs, get a jump on the job uh, hunting season. Uh, you know, when does SC hire a coach? USC fell to four and five right. at Cal. Now it could be five and five, but they could lose to UCLA, be five and six. That wouldn't be outrageous if they beat Cal, lost UCLA, and were right there on the bubble when they played BYU. Well, I think that, you know, if they, obviously the rivalry game, you're always going to have juice. It doesn't really matter what the records are uh, as far as you want to win that game. There's no question about that. But if they lose that game, and if I assume they beat Cal, so I'm with you. If they need to beat BYU for bowl eligibility, that could really stink. They, they may not want bowl eligibility if they don't win the rivalry game. Because your rivalry game, you're going to put a lot of emotion and energy into it anyway because it's a rivalry game. And then you got to go again the next week. Uh, and it's not like you use that game for a tune-up for the Pac-12 title game because you're not going to have that. So that seems like uh, potential of, man, who gives a crap? Which says BYU goes to 10-2. and two. At the same time, if you're Slovis, you know, if you don't want to transfer to another school because it looks like Dart is going to take over, uh, that you need to show well for the NFL. Uh, or if they already made the change, then Dart would have all sorts of ammo because he's just barely getting started. And he wants to play because he's looking at his future. Unless, of course, he obviously sees that SC isn't going anywhere and transfers to BYU and comes to his senses. <laughs> Look at you. (laughs) (laughs) They recruited him. I can tell you that. I know they recruited him. I know they talked to him. I know they talked to him a lot. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely, yeah. And I don't know about Jaron Hall. I mean, they love Jaron Hall. BYU thinks Jaron Hall is an NFL kid. How many years is he in the program now? Forty. (laughs) <laughs> he's four years in. Yeah. I mean, he could go. He could go if he's an NFL kid. If he gets the feedback from a couple of teams. Plus, he's getting later. He's getting older, too. Yeah. I mean, he's got, what, he got four kids? He's only got one. <laughs> he's not Daniel Coates over who had like three by the time he left BYU. So, uh, we'll have to see how all that develops. And we've got a couple weeks before we get to that point, but that, that game will have some intrigue. And certainly for the Cougars, obviously you want to go 5-0 and against the conference. Man, how sweet would that be? Yeah, remember when uh, Yogi was talking about, well, 
They won't well, go. They, uh, they won't three, go three and two. They won't go three and two. You're like, oh, don't worry, Yogi. They're not going three and two. Well, he said he said they can't go three and two, and they did. Worse. Well, they did four and zero on the way to five and zero. Yeah. So yeah. that'll that'll be a fun end of season game for the Cougars. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 12.80, The Zone. Jake and Ben coming up next. Stay with us right here on 97.5 at 12.80, The Zone. Ben with a guest host. Jake will be back tomorrow. Stay with us.